They Live is a Christmas movie. Sorry. The beep beep. Awesome stuff are fully functioning. Running low light. System optimization is less than normal. Server damage detected. Please stop whatever you are doing and make your way to the nearest exit. Technical support is all heat. Please vacate the area. Okay, so <laughs> I mean, sure, yeah, why not? Yeah, this is the Low Life Podcast. I am Coinops McGillicuddy. Uh, we got a full room today. We got scum. I have returned from the agency. Yay! He got over Welcome his. Welcome back. Yeah, that Havana yeah, syndrome. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. Uh, it was going around. You know. Yeah, it's contagious. And then uh, we got Shadow Lake. You know what? I don't have a. I I don't have anything to say this week. Just well. Zoom owner Shadow. Yes. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Fuck you guys. It was a good. It was a great. I I, I love that thing. It was beautiful. It was a prick. But you know what? It could, do, it could do only one thing, but it did it really well. So I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Tis the season. And we are joined by our buddy Leston Zero, whom we're just going to call you Zero, right? Yeah, that's fine. That's good yeah. and short. Uh, thanks for having me back, fellas. Love to be on the show. You oh, know that? Yeah. Hell yeah, he's the best dressed of us in the uh, in the uh, in the Discord. So yeah, he's wearing clothes. Yeah, yeah. Only a couple of oatmeal stains on my T-shirt as I look down. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what this uh, this stain on my my thermal is. It's just uh... mm, best we not explore strange stains no it's definitely not water-based so that's a good sign <laughs> anyhow um th- this episode uh we're going to be talking about they live and uh if you have not seen this 1990 or 1988 uh john carpenter underrated cult classic stop this podcast go spend 90 minutes watching that movie and then come back because we're not about to do like a play-by-play of it. We're kind of going to talk about really what an outsized influence it, it has had like since its release over the years and uh, the, the things that it's shown up in. And uh, it, I was thinking it's, it's almost, it's almost the only eighties movie that depicts the dystopian present. It's yeah. wild. It's yeah. wild. It's wild. It's insane. Like, I, it, all right. So like, this is, this is like the, the roles we're going to kind of going to have. Cause me and <laughs> I'll beep that. Me and Shadowlink uh, are young are are younger than you fellas, and uh, we have not seen I I uh, we have not seen they live. Yeah, we weren't and... even alive when uh, when it came. No, out. <laughs> that was a they didn't live. Um, yeah. <laughs> they didn't live yet. The prequel to this movie that never got made. Yeah, the glint <laughs> in our father's eye. Anyway, and um, just it's such a cultural touchstone that we kind of like, I'm not going to speak for shadow Lake, but myself, uh, I already knew what this entire movie was about kind of without mm-hmm. having ever watched it. And right. yet it's still underrated. Like Charlene, do you like, do you feel that way as well? Or is it just me? 
Oh yeah, no, I feel like it's permeated a lot of things. Um, like I, I, I remember hearing about it a lot. My uh, sister had seen it um, mm-hmm. uh, a few years back, um, and this is one of those things where you know you watch it and you realize, oh, so that's where that came from. That whole <laughs> uh, that uh, well, you know, the most obvious example being you know. I came here to chew bubble gum and kick ass. And I'm all, uh, <laughs> the yeah. line is yeah. iconic. Yo, and, line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Quoted. And yeah, according, according to Carpenter, you know, like he, he let Roddy come up with that. Yes. He's like, yeah. He's like, I was just the typist on that line. He, that's yeah. He uh, does, so yeah, I'll go Roddy ahead. came into the part with a, a book full of wrestling, you know, one liners. And he was I like, knew it. pick one of these up. And, yeah. uh, and that's the one that John uh, landed on. Oh, he's, he's got a couple of them. That. He has uh-huh. that one too, where he's in the, uh, the like the the grocery store freaking out, and he's like, he's like, you're you're one ugly motherfucker. He's like, you, you're cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, a third of the movie is delivered in one liners. Oh, it's yeah. fantastic! It's yeah. so. Good. It's I was like, like trying to come up with him on a pig. I was like, I have come to snort pixie sticks and ask your uncle who he voted for, and I'm all out of booger sugar. <laughs> I think uh, y- you from Meldehyde Face, and that's when I'm like, I that just lost it. it. It's, so like, <laughs> it's so well. The best, the best part about it, is, you know, he he's, he pretty much plays a very straight part in this movie up until yes. the yeah. reveal when right. he finds out, you know, the dark secret of the world, mm-hmm. and then that's when it just like takes off, like uh, what. I remember when first watching this movie, not too long after it aired, and uh, we'll, we'll all share that story too. The first time I saw it, I think um, it was the, a buddy of mine who lived downstairs. His dad let him rent whatever he wanted from the, the weird B-movie shelf. My parents cool. were a little more circumspect about it. Yeah. Uh, so we rented it. You know, We watched it, and I remember for the first third, for the first quarter, I was like, man, this is slow. This is some political manifesto. What's yeah. happening? And then you know the reveal, and then he instantly sort of, you know, becomes the action movie star that um, yeah. that he was hoping he would be. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's fun too because he's so like naiveish and earnest. Like when he shows up, he's really just trying to get by. He's really just trying to get this job. He doesn't want like, to make waves, you know. Right. Yeah. And then, his line. His he line. Starts in the out as a libertarian, pretty much. I believe in America. I play by the rules. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyway, before we get too deep into this, we need to kind of talk about the context in which this movie had been released, because there's a lot going on here. This is the end of the 80s. Like hair metals kind of like run its course. I think like, you know, haven't we gotten no use your illusion doesn't come out for a few more years. But like, yeah, it's like 1991. Right. And, and it's like but at this point, we've just been through Reagan. We got an election coming up, you know, and and. They actually, if uh, what were you saying? They like moved the release date of this. Yeah, so this is what uh, I guess Reagan's just finished his second term. Dukakis is running against him. All in all, like America wasn't as bad as it was at the beginning of the eighties. So some people were starting to see gains and returns. I don't know that that was felt widely. No, uh, it was still. I thought Reagan was eighty. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Eighty-four to eighty. You're right, actually. So yeah, so this is going to be like Bush versus what Mondale or Gore. Uh, Dukakis. No, it was Dukakis, wasn't it? 
Was it? Yeah, it might have been. I don't. There remember. are people listening to this right now who are <laughs> freaking no fucking idea who you're talking about. <laughs> oh yeah, no, there. It was like you'll recognize the one name they won, and then you won't recognize the other name because they did not. But like, yeah, a lot's going on. There's this like crack epidemic. We're still a couple years off from Rodney King. Like, uh, we still have. There's like not. You have Art Bell. <laughs> If you're going to talk about like conspiracy stuff, like your main line are these AM radio shortwave guys, but mainly the biggest one was like Art Bell. He's talking about aliens. He's talking about conspiracies and Bilderbergers and all this other stuff. Ghosts. Yeah. The shadow people, which was always a story told by truckers who were like, yeah, well, I was up on my fourth day. And I'm like, it's (laughs) what happens. (laughs) That's when the shadow people come. Yeah, like the yeah, to Machinist is a documentary. I've lived it. Um, <laughs> it's and by the way, you know, eighty eight. I'm only like uh, ten years old, eight years old. I didn't see this till I was like twelve, maybe. Again, on yeah. rental, maybe two, three years after it got released. But same, but yeah. Late eighties. Yeah. There was a lot of you know. I was seventh grade, and I think I might have seen it like maybe the summer before high school or something like that. It was just like we went off, and. It's like been an annual watch for 20, 30 some years now. Like it's just one of them ones where maybe I won't watch it, but if it's on, I'll stop. I'll sit down wherever it is in the movie and just be like, <laughs> I know what's coming. You know, like this is fun. Yeah. Um, but like politically, my hometown in particular had been gutted by steel leaving, which is the thing that they actually kind of address in the movie a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. when I'm watching this film, I'm like, this is here. Like, this is literally, this could take place in any number of towns here in the Rust Belt. That, that, that's, you like, know? one of my questions about it is, it, in the opening of this film, it kind of reminded me a little, it's not as over the top as RoboCop, but it did remind me a little bit of how, like, fucked everything is. Mm-hmm. Now, that's how things are now, but yeah. was that, like, a thing well, then? Here's the thing, yes. If you lived in the, like, say, the Rust Belt, if you lived in a place where sure. they took all of your, you know, foundries and everything like that, and just moved them overseas for like, so they could pay less. That's kind of what would happen. And it was a very depressed area for decades. It still is. Like Youngstown's doing okay, but it's not like the heyday when they had like like in, in what Minnesota, like in, in what St. Paul, they have those like tunnels between the buildings. They had a couple of those down at Yeah. Youngstown. So you had like know? homeless encampments kind of popping up. Well, that that's like, the thing. Is like well, I'm watching much. this movie. Everybody left town, so you fucking squat in an empty house. Like it was. Yeah, because that's what's happening now. Like that's now. Watching yeah, this movie, yeah. you have to wonder like, how much is is Carpenter hyperbolizing the situation? And when you look at it, you know there were places in America that were just like that, where there's you know homeless yeah. encampments with people living out there, itinerant workers. Uh, you know, the whole van life culture of people going from warehouse to warehouse, Amazon facility looking for work. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no. Well, this if, thing, you're, this, if you're this, entrenched this, in this shit, then that's gonna be. That's what I'm reality. saying. This scenario, to us, why it was so big at back home, and it still is amongst any of my friends who watch this movie. Like, it wasn't far off. Like, this yeah. was literally we just like yeah, we just go to the bar, we look in, we'd see like every fucking two out of every five houses is just boarded up and fucked up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's tons of people looking for work. There's a ton of people fucking walking around trying to get like change. You know, and it's, it wasn't, like, we, we saw it. We were just like, yeah, right. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, this is what Reagan did. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it yeah. turns out not, not that hyperbolized as far as the state of the country and the way 
you know, things were for people. But the funny thing about it, though, is you didn't have to go too far out of town for that to just be washed away. Like a lot of the folks in some of the suburbs and stuff would never go into the city. They wouldn't yeah. dare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, it's so, like, yeah. But really that's the way my grandma was living outside of Baltimore in the late Interesting. 80s, so. Yeah. So, so that, yeah. So this is definitely a thing that was happening at the time. So oh, if, some, sure. if, you, if yeah. you're seeing this, you would recognize that like, this is, this is what it's actually like. This and was, it was a film like, of its time as well as like a prophecy. Okay. To the point they, they filmed in LA and they went to an actual homeless encampment and yeah. paid all these homeless people as extras for the day, got them food and just filmed all around them. So wow. they didn't have to go that far afield to find, you know, a location for this. Right. Yeah. Did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, pointed out by several people on production uh, when looking into it, that um, John Carmen was like, why are we going to hire a bunch of actors? Just get these people a payday and uh, get them a meal and, you know, put them on, put them on screen. That's authentic. Yeah. Get them, get them their like SAG after car, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Give them lines. That's what I'm saying. Get them sure. lines. Get them an agent. Let's go. Let's fucking get it on. But I mean, it's still really cool of him to do that. I mean, here's the thing, though. Carpenter is a very, very much a blue collar fella. Like as far as his mentality is concerned, mm-hmm. like he's always kind of seen this from like the lower class, middle class. Like his his horror has always come from like a place of disadvantage. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. he doesn't have heroes. He has people who die at the end of his fucking movies or go completely batshit mad. Yeah. You know, like. He looked at the world and he's like, "This is really how it turns out, guys." I don't know. Everybody else is talking about happy endings, but I'm gonna... yeah. A lot I mean, of a has... lot of the horror in this movie. A lot of the horror in this movie really does stem from, uh, from like from things that happen in real life. You know, like uh, yeah, the way that we treat each other as human beings. And Carpenter said it over and over again that it's. He said, you know, exactly exact quote: "The '80s never ended." Right. For, for America, that idea of like everyone's going to be a millionaire, you just got to work mm-hmm. harder and let the rich do what they want to do. Menta- mentality wise, the 80s never ended. It's uh, right. it's scary. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's he's, it's right. actually worse now that we have like gig economy and contractors. Worse. And, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. You could just like write people off as like a disposable thing and that's it. Well, it's yep. the power of words as well. Like you just name something, something else. Like, oh, you're a uh, free yeah. agent, you know. Yeah, like, you name them something else, and then you don't have to give independent them. Con- you could give them less. Independent exactly. contractor, yeah. right? Or, yeah. uh, intern, or just just contractor. Intern, alone. yes. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I've, we've been in this area for ten years, and I swear, eighty percent of the people I've met have been like, "I'm a contractor." And My brother's like, a contractor. Just it's, it's, see, I'm telling. I'm not even kidding. It's, I'm not even kidding. When I bartended, I was working like five, six fucking days a week every goddamn night. Every goddamn night. Some of my best friends from this area. And it's just like, what, what does that mean? What does that mean? What do you do? What do you do? Is that spreadsheets or are you an assassin? There's a lot of wiggle room. <laughs> these things. Yeah, it's crazy. If you're, in, if you're an assassin, I have two shots of whiskey for you and some stories to hear, apparently. Maybe I'll recognize them from the agency. Right. <laughs> I had half a mind to play along with it. Be like, I can't tell you what I do either. <laughs> Working deep undercover here at this small independent club. Uh, that would be really funny or put you in moral danger. Right. Yeah. I'm like, no, ignore me. I'm literally like that, that, the, like that fake Galactus thing from the Venture Brothers or whatever. That's just like, <laughs> ignore me. You know? <laughs> oh, Venture Brothers is relevant to this considering how much conspiracy bullshit's in that too. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. So that's another thing that was going on. Like we were talking about this. We also have had like, we're, we're existing in the eighties where there was a lot of kind of like looking back at Vietnam through a different lens. 
where mm. it, it was you know, there was so much propaganda about it and then by the time you get to apocalypse now in platoon it's nobody thought it was a good idea like yeah. you had an uncle or a friend or you know parent or something like that who was a vietnam vet you like treated them with deference and respect but you also both kind of acknowledged that the war was fucking bullshit mm. and you would hear yeah. stories where these people were not happy about what they had to do there because it was nonsense and nothing happened yeah. Uh, but all of this was also kind of coming on the heels of like the JFK assassination and the moon landing and both of those things. It didn't take very long for people to start coming up with like conspiracy theories like, like oh, well, JFK was killed by blank. So many people. It's incredible how many people like killed JFK. There's like 120 <laughs> different people that killed JFK. It's fucking bonkers. <laughs> but then um, like, like they faked the moon landing. And it's like they were talking about like CGI, you know, like you know, yeah, yeah, CGI. Yeah. Like, do you know? Have you seen CGI? Have you seen Babylon Five? <laughs> like, we, we weren't there for a long. We're still not there. Like, yeah. But oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was still all of those stuff. Were, those, those were bubbling around. Your art bells bubbling around. Uh, the book that came out in '75, uh, the Illuminatus trilogy by Robert Anton Wilson and Robert Shea, was kind of this like percolating in the bottom people knew things yeah. like the manson you know cult had happened the jim jones cult had happened um yeah there was a burgeoning my... militia movement you could go to the oh, get your yeah. fucking haircut and thumb through an issue of soldier of fortune <laughs> you know like might cover something this the stuff existed yeah. like but you was... really had to like work for it and to go out of your way to immerse yourself in that culture like it wasn't yeah. a yeah. commonly held thing and it wasn't something that was like publicly accepted as reality it's what a lot the of the weirdos stuff. were into exactly. it's what your like weirdo yeah. pot smoking uncle was into or you're like the the weird guy that you met at, like out of left field at a truck stop in hubbard ohio one time who's uh, weirdly anti-semitic no yeah. absolutely not he is absolutely not anti-semitic okay he's the dude that turned me on to the fucking moon trilogy and he's the swell okay. guy and i love him very much and we'll get to, we'll get to that but, later but yeah we'll get to that later like uh okay. We've been working together a little bit. Um, yeah. He's, he's like, it's it just, all of the stuff is just, it, I found it to be fascinating, though. And I didn't, like, I gotta say, I didn't get into, like, the Illuminatus trilogy. Like, I knew about some of the weird conspiracy stuff, but, like, I didn't really get into the Illuminatus trilogy until, like, the mid-90s. Mm. And this, like, by the time I was reading that, and then I, like, watch, you know, you watch this movie, like, every year, this becomes a different film every year you watch it. Mm-hmm. Just in the, con- if you play it so, against the context of your year. You know? So for those who well, are listening, right, who's only context is conspiracy theory now which as we know is like QAnon and deeply anti-semitic and racist and just batshit insane yep. conspiracy theory then was a very different thing it was adorable it yeah. used to be fun and kind of harmless <laughs> yeah quirky it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun there were, you know, there were even flat earthers back in the day you had like weird shit like the book of urantia like I, there's just so much weird esoterica from that era there were like really cool websites you could go to to like find the shit out you know like it, there was okay. it was your new age shop it's like where it, there was a lot of crossover between this and like the granola crunchy woo crystal like yeah because now I, I look at a new age shop and i'm like i see the crystals i'm immediately like are you a QAnon? you know like that's the point yeah. we're at now <laughs> that's yeah. that's where yeah, you have to no. ask yeah <laughs> Yeah. yeah. No, I, I used to find these really cool, like niche little bookstores. There's like one in Chicago that fucking rocks, Ugh. where they have just like, like the cool stuff. Like, like, like you shouldn't have this. Yeah, whatever. It's just like the Enochian, you know, fucking Bible. It's not that big a deal. Like, so it's the yeah, John D. Very the subversive for our modern. So you know, for for Carpenter to be presenting a conspiracy theory as the fact plot of a film, 
yeah. was still kind of left left okay. field. It wasn't really something that was that commonly accepted at the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Conspiracy movies. You had the Manchurian Candidate, maybe. You had there were there were like a few that kind of came out, but they were more like thrillers. Thrillers. Yeah. Bonkers with this, you know. Yeah. He he got into aliens and shit, and like we still haven't had like the super mainstreaming of it when you get to stuff like enemy of the state and conspiracy mm-hmm. theory yeah with uh, mel gibson like there was like all of these other ones that were trying to sell it i even john Kerry or jim Carrey's the number 23 to a certain degree was like yeah. kind of fits into this a little bit where it's you're gonna see, here's the secret of that book you're gonna see what you're looking for <laughs> like yeah it's it goes mm. back to old like Crowley shit, you know, where like if you put it in your mind, like if you just think about quarters all the time, you're gonna see them on the ground everywhere, mm-hmm. you know. And it's just merely because you're focusing your attention on something, and it's nothing more mystical than that. It, like that's kind of this with the conspiracy. It's the same thing. Like smart people can be taken by this stuff because sometimes there's a different motivation, and you can convince yourself of anything. Especially, mm-hmm. it's more dangerous the smarter you are. Because yeah. you can yeah. totally break down any, like, oh, I can't see any fault in anything that I do. Well, pff, eh, yeah. you're going to come into fucking problems soon then, you know? Like, that's not great. <laughs> yeah, um, you kind of need to be neurodivergent, too, <laughs> it seems like, in order to actually question yourself and your own motives. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. always a good idea. I agree, to, I agree with that. Well, it's always a good idea to kind of have some time for self-reflection and be like, yeah, ah. It's a good meditative yeah. tool. That it, That's the thing. But, like, when yeah. you start basing it, like, your entire you make it an entire belief system as if it was a religion that's where the problems start that's arise because suddenly the you can do no work. right yeah. Yeah. yeah when you when you start trying to justify like lizard people <laughs> yeah. you, you're you're in trouble man my friends at the agency aren't going to be glad about hearing that. <laughs> a lot of them are iguanas just give them some chocolate are they raptors or reptilians <laughs> I was too scared to ask. I make the distinction, sir. I've just been um, pretending yeah. that I know the difference, but no one's ever called me on it. So, yeah, well, yeah, just one of them really likes chocolate, and they'll kill you for it. So, probably just, sounds yeah. really racist of me. I don't know. They're lizards. I don't know how to be racist about lizards. They're just they're cold blooded. Don't worry about it. Listen I'm, to yourself. I'm white. <laughs> out. Um. So, so briefly, this movie. All right, like. The gist of it is you get this guy, Nada, played by Rowdy Roddy Piper, the wrestler. Horrible. He's fantastic. Thick his neck in the world. He just... <laughs> <laughs> it's bonkers. There's a funny... Well, he's... So there's a scene later in the film where Meg Fott Holly, Meg Fott, played by Meg Foster, with the most incredible blue eyes, like, Jesus Christ, they're fucking evil. Also and... played Evelyn in Masters of the Universe. Yes, she did. Wow. And... In the DVD behind the scenes thing, she was talking about like she had, but we, she's like, "Well, so I have they, they hand you this wine bottle, and I'm supposed to hit Roddy over the head with it." And he was just such a gem. To, she's so sweet, and she believed <laughs> in this movie. Like, we'll get into why that's got like kind of funny, but like she really like cool. believed in it. She was like, "I was walking my dogs, and somebody yelled out the window at me. They live," and I was like, "Indeed, they do, honey." And I'm like, "Oh my god, I love you." <laughs> yeah. She's talking about how, like, uh, so, so, so John Carpenter hands her this this champagne bottle, and it's it, <laughs> she's like, it's called a sugar bottle, and I'm supposed to bop, you know, Roddy in the head for this stunt, and I keep not hitting him hard enough, so the bottle's not breaking, and he Roddy's just like, come on, you really got to give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't stress enough but how you, much he gets his ass kicked throughout his entire <laughs> film. He gets so fucking beat up. It's because great. he's a fucking wrestler, so of course he's going to be like, nuts. You could hit me. 
Oh, we're going to talk about it. There's the most amazing fist fight we will talk about later. Yes. <laughs> um, but anyway, so so Rowdy Roddy Piper plays this guy, Nada, and he's just rolling up into town like he's a drifter. He's got a backpack. You know, he, he needs a job. He's just trying to get through. And oh. it's he just he starts working in construction. No, before that, yeah, he goes to a. Uh, no, yeah, we're not going scene by scene. We're skipping no, over a bunch to, of shit. I, I just want to talk about this. this is scene. important. I think. Well, if, the one at, if there's something that resonates, by all means, like talk yes. talk about it. Please do. Okay. And the yes, first thing that comes to mind is him digging a hole in a construction site with no shirt on. Like there's nothing like an OSHA reg- regulation <laughs> yeah, that yeah, should yeah. be following there. Yeah. Well, that's right. also like, like he goes. He goes to this like unemployment agency and he's trying to get work and they can't. They like they're like oh there's no work for you. Yeah, right. That, kind yeah, of that one, that one hit me. He's yeah, like able bodied guy with tools, and they're yeah, like, it, it's and, all chaos. You know, the great, uh, the great United States of America. You know, where everything's supposed to be fantastic. This guy can't get a fucking job and live. Right. Yeah, that one hit me hard. It's such yeah. a quick scene, but it says so much in like not even like two minutes. Well, yeah. there's a lot of world building in the background too, because he yeah. talks about how he left Colorado, I think, because yeah. it worked right up there, which I yeah. can't even imagine. That's insane to me, right? Yeah. But like, but he's this naive, hardworking, earnest fellow, right? Very pure. He's playing it straight. Like, he's just like, ah, I'm trying to do the thing. I'm trying to follow the rules. I'm going to make my day, you know, like, blah, yep. blah, blah. Yeah. I think the line he says is, uh, I believe in America. I right. play by the rules. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's a lot of that, and it's great. Like it's 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 yeah. the best kind of not quite camp, you know. Like, yeah, there's a lot of like good dialogue in that first act, uh, especially with like oh, Keith yeah. Keith David talking about how he you know how he worked. Frank in, lived in Detroit. Yeah, Frank Frank is talking about uh, how he lived in Detroit and um, and his family's still there. Young Keith and then, David. You know, he is yeah, a beautiful man. He really carries oh, this film as far as like, oh my you know, yes. God, sorry. the heavy weight of the acting. He has some great lines. Like, I mean, 100% just delivered with this conviction. Um, he balances out Piper really well because Piper definitely has like, I don't like his acting, but he acts in a way that I, I can't hate on too much because he yeah. expresses a lot with his face and whatnot. Like you could definitely yeah. tell he's like wrestler acting. But it then is- you have the other guy who's just delivering everything perfectly well he was he was talking in those uh, bonus scenes about how at the time he was going to teach like language for like mm. theatrical speaking <laughs> wow and he would have these nightmares about like delivering a line in the movie where he's like you know what are you doing motherfucker you know like I love Keith David, man. He's in Mass Effect. He's, so he's in everything. He was in The Thing. Are you shitting me? He's yeah, he's like, pretty yeah. great. And he's, he's, he's one of my favorites. And and this whole first part of this movie, he's really just like given the 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 Look. Marxist speech and just yeah, telling yeah. how America should be and how America is. Yeah. And I was just like really vibing with him the whole time. Like, uh, we got to build each other up, but hey, uh, I'll I'll put you on the ground if I have to, or something yeah. like that. Right. But the guy next to you is trying to get pull you back. Yeah, he does a yeah. really good monologue. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And what's really interesting is that they both kind of want the same thing. They just want to play by the rules, work, you know, get paid, right? Yeah. yeah. But they're coming at it from this, like, Frank's like, nah, man, it's like that. Get done with this but shit. But you got to know this shit, and then, then, like, it'll help you out a little bit. You'll start to recognize, like, when you're being blah, blah, blah. And it's, yeah. it's funny because, oh, man, everything that builds up to that fight, 
Like <laughs> he, they're like not quite buddies. No, you know what I mean, he he just feels the need to come up to him at the job site and say something, and then you know he tells him he's like, look, if you need a place to stay, bad for him because he didn't have a shirt. Right. Well, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like the boss comes up to Piper and says to him, he's like, you can't sleep here. You got to find somewhere else to sleep. And he's like, when's yeah. payday? And he's like, Thursday. Assuming it's like Monday or something. I mean, yeah. You know, it's like shitty. And yeah. that's when well, he's like, hey, there's a shelter. Hmm. right yeah so he, he's like yeah there's there's an encampment you know they got hot meals you can come up and he's like eh. you know he's kind of a dick about it yeah. but then he starts following Keita. <laughs> and i love this bit i love this bit because eventually he's just like yo i don't like people following he's like i don't like joining up unless i know who like if that person is not full of shit you know basically yeah and it's like just be friends already <laughs> like at that point i'm just like just just shake hands and hug. Come on, let's get it going. Yeah. Um, but there's still that caution. And, you know, you get to the encampment and it's uh, it's incredible because, well, apparently it's real. And, like, there are some actors there. Jason Robards Third is, like, the young kid on the couch with the mm. wife and the kid, the family man that he's yeah. called in the credits. Yeah. That's Jason Robards' like, grandson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I was like, really? And the more I looked at him, the more I was like, oh, wow, he is going to look like Jason Robards in about 30 years. I should look him up. <laughs> he gets murked later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers. Everyone does. It's fantastic. Spoilers. Like, just so oppressive and horrifying. But Because um, yeah, you have this really bleak... Uh, it, the film is both bleak and deeply entertaining at the same time. Like, there's yeah. a little levity in it. Mm-hmm. And, like, I guess that's... It, it i guess it's kind of mark's mark of the time too because like the t- for some reason I, ke- I keep drawing parallels between this film and robocop sure. a lot between like the weird commercials which aren't yeah it, it, yeah it, it's not as insane Leap it's right grounded considering what happens yeah i mean there's a lot of parallels robocop i see a lot of parallels to um we talked about this earlier videodrome uh, mm-hmm. A lot of parallels of the network using yeah. the latest yes. technology to control the masses. You know, be it video, yep. be it broadcast, be it uh, internet. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of parallels you can draw to other movies that were co- that were being released around the time that had similar themes, similar the fears. Yeah. I would even argue that this is this takes a couple pages out of uh, Philip K. Dick's book. Um, if we want to go oh, that sure. route, you this, know. Freaks of the Three Stigmata of Palmer Eldritch in so many ways, and it's Radio uh, Free album move. Yeah, it's funny yeah. you say that. the The source material was like a '60s pulp novel by mm-hmm. Ray Nelson, who was a yeah. buddy of PKDs. Yeah, and it's like the whole sense. school of sci-fi that are playing with the idea of like what is reality and what is it that you well, know the uh, a reintroduction of Plato's cave allegory, basically mm-hmm. in, on, yeah. on sci-fi terms. I read the uh, I read it. It's only like five pages. It's fucking yeah. great. Um, <laughs> what it is is like the the lead character. Eight who, o'clock in the morning. We'll say it's it, a, yeah. a title. Yeah, and it's eight o'clock in the morning, and it, and it and the it opens with Nada. I can't remember. He has a first name. It's like John Nada or like Richard Nada. George. And George Nada. Yeah, and he's he's like awakened from a hypnotist, but he wakes up all the way and he sees like, oh fuck, some of these people are monsters and stuff, yeah. and. Carpenter said that he's like, yeah, I like the idea. I like the, I thought the hypnotism was stupid, but what if it was like this, like I think in the signal that was the like, behind the scenes he was also talking about. I think in the behind the scenes he was also talking about a comic. I don't know if that comic was based on Eight O'clock in the Morning. Yes, okay, exactly. yeah, Precisely. yeah. And it was was it Bill Ray did the uh, art okay. or um, 
somebody big did the artwork for it too and it was it was done in one of those like old you know periodicals back when like you know print pulp magazines were like a thing yeah they still are but like you got to go out of your way to get them now it's not like yeah. it was you could just go to some yeah. blog but it's it's still like that that pulp idea of this guy wakes up and he's he's aware that like he's the only one who knows that there's this like crazy thing going on all around us all the yeah, time it's a classic just... paranoid tale right mm. yeah and then you know one of the aliens tells him he's like you're you know you're you're scheduled for a heart attack at eight o'clock in the morning so he has to do all this crazy shit to bring them down and then he does he saves the day and then he has a heart attack at eight o'clock in the morning yeah and that's the title of the story like that and carpenter read that and he's like there's something there and i'm like yeah you're sure. right you know, like absolutely right. And what he did with it was fantastic. Instead of hypnotism, you know, you just have ads, and that's why we're doing it for the Christmas episode. Yeah, <laughs> um, consume rampant consumerism. It's such a. It's just and that has got to be one of the biggest things that struck me from the movie. It's just you know when he puts on the glasses and he sees the world for what it is, and you see like all these hidden messages in the signs, and mm-hmm. it, like again, that's it's kind of well, it's it's interesting now, it but it was paced. really, yeah. Uh, Oh yeah, yeah. The way that he just reveals it, and I think the image that strikes me the most—I'm going to say—it's like when he looks down at the guy's fist, and it's the money, and it says, "This is your god." Yeah, yeah. 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 watching oh. that and thinking, like, okay, oh. I get it 100 percent now. That just that said everything. Yeah, Honest to God, one of the one of my first absolute like imprint memories, like sense memories of this movie was when he puts the glasses on. You see the first sign that says "Obey." Mm. I remember inhaling. I remember going like, holy shit. You know, and I'm a kid. I'm like 13, 14 years old. I was just like, holy shit. Fuck. Yeah. And like, you have and to, I, that movie probably, you have to think forever. But like, you have to think about like when, when this, it was paced too, because it's, this is after mm-hmm. the homeless camp. Uh, 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 Nada goes into like this church. Um, well, Oh, there are so many things about this part of the movie that we should talk about, I think, because there's the uh, yeah. there's well, the guy on the television the that's is... doing the, the broadcast. It, it's very reminiscent. The hacker. Of the, uh, yeah, it's reminiscent of um, the Max Headroom incident. That's the first thing that I thought mm-hmm. of. Um, Where they break yeah. through the TV signal, the, the, the masking signal, and it's this guy yeah. just reading off these horrible yeah, things that the aliens are doing. Earlier in the film, you see this uh, blind preacher talking to, well, like, you know, Street, Say, street preacher, yeah, street yeah. preacher talking about you know uh, they're among us and that kind of thing. Uh, um, trying to like you hear all the time. Out. Fair yeah, enough, yeah, exactly. Sure, mm-hmm. even then, and even in the that's years. that's also yeah. foreboding because you know that that scene ends with uh, two cops pulling up and climbing yeah. out of the car, and then Roddy Piper runs off. Um, but yeah, so I. Uh, this homeless encampment is like right across the street from a church where you can hear uh, mm-hmm. like, you know, people singing. Choir uh, practice. Yeah. 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 But then Nada goes inside and he finds out that there are these people like, it looks like they're, you know, putting together these, you know, these sunglasses and you find out. This is where he's that... his best acting in the whole movie. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm going to say too, after this part with the reveal is when he, doesn't it's when he stops being an actor and just acts as Roddy Roddy Piper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's still, looking around yeah. the church, he finds the lenses, he's trying to, you know, find out what's going on. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It definitely I makes mean, you feel better about his acting putting it in that context, honestly. Well his his reactions are fantastic. Yeah. Everything that he looks at, like you he conveys the emotion perfectly in every instance. And it, it's like again, 
this isn't Oscar material, but also at the same time, fuck the Oscars because this guy is entertaining as shit as he's going through yeah, this room, really looking is. at these chemicals, picking this thing up, being what the fuck, opening the little door, realizing that it's not a choir, it's a tape, it's a reel to reel tape playing yeah. this shit on gigantic speakers while these like this this underground resistance is trying to have a fucking meeting. Yeah, which and, by the way, terrible opsec. Terrible upset, guys. It's <laughs> he, the door was open. Yeah, you know what I'm <laughs> he sneaks up to it and he just like leans against an open door. Like anybody ever does that, and like just looking around and then just wanders on inside. Yeah, those extra two seconds he takes there in the fucking threshold is hilarious. <laughs> like yeah. I'm not sneaky. Yeah, he's he's like, am I spying here? What what do I? He looked confused. Like he he just said, and then he just fucking walks in and it's like the door's open. Like. <laughs> You can't take that risk considering the the stakes, and we don't know the stakes yet necessarily. Like we we we've we've kind of pieced together kind of a little bit what's going on here, but like yeah. he's pieced together. There's some kind of secret underground network doing something across the street from the homeless center, and right. at the same time we're getting these pirate radio breakthroughs. At the same time we're getting like a, a helicopter circling that they're not sure what's going on. Mm-hmm. The helicopter, it's great. It's just like a like a oh, news helicopter, a... but they like oh. painted police on the butt of it. You know, like <laughs> it looked convincing. Like I want to talk about like it's how cop or, cops are represented in this film. Not oh, great. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the, the next scene yeah, is nighttime. You know, night night falls, and then the homeless camp. Yeah, it gets raided. There's it's, a fucking bolt. Raided. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Which I'm curious. This was because now we know they do that all the time now. Yeah. Is yeah. just destroy homeless encampments and make sure homeless people have nowhere to fucking live because this yep. is America. And, you yeah. know, but in, in, when this movie came out, was that a shocking? Thing? It was, it, it was would, shocking. it would have been a bit shocking. It might have happened and there might be some larger like municipalities that were to, like, this was a thing that people had seen and stuff like that, but it yeah. wasn't in yeah. the zeitgeist. Like, it, it wasn't, wasn't making the national news, I'll tell you that. For it sure, was routine. Yeah. Well, you said too, this is before three networks. You said this is before Rodney King. So the police here are depicted in this film as highly militarized. Now today yeah. uh, we have like RoboCop shit now, but yep. like back then was the, this was aggression. Okay, it it was it was it. So he's seeing it through the lens of like the late sixties, early seventies. You yeah, know, right. uh, Democratic Convention, police riot type. Yeah, situation. Which these, the bomb what he's depicting well, there, and and what yeah. They dropped the um, bomb in Philly in uh, the move uh, building. What what the fuck year was, was that? House? The housing development, right? Yeah, the housing development. Yeah, and that, I mean, like at this point, especially after, uh, well, you know, fucking Neil Young wrote a goddamn song called Ohio about you Kent State. Like, see, we had, with, uh, Romero in the beginning of Dawn of the Dead. You know, those cops are yeah. all M16s. They got bloused boots. I mean, they look like soldiers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and so do these guys. Entirely like, oh, go ahead. Like Precise. the idea of. Yeah, the idea of a militarized police was, but it was reserved for something like a um, big drug raid because the war on drugs was in full swing. Yeah, mm. yeah, uh, and like cop, a like a city's a police department that wouldn't be like every county force like you see now. Right. Yeah, yeah. and they wouldn't be just patrolling in mat like on mass like that. Like it wouldn't. It was never like that. They only just like kind of showed up when there was a problem. Yeah, and these cats were just like nonstop surveillance, and especially when yeah. you know. They put the glasses on, and then you'd see the little fucking you know UFOs everywhere. Yeah, little drones, <laughs> the fifties style like atomic yeah. age mm-hmm. you know UFOs, which I, yeah. I just loved. <laughs> I did, I did love the design. Yeah, it's pretty great. I couldn't be mad about that. Um, where were we? Uh, about, yeah. So they uh, the yeah. they bulldoze the the homeless camp. Right. Yeah. He's just starting to figure out there's something weird going on there. They bulldoze the homeless camp. 
Right. Yeah. So he bugs out and he ends up meeting up with the kid of um what's his name? Uh the family man. He was the kid that let uh Rowdy Roddy Piper use his binoculars. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he keeps showing up throughout the movie with like almost no lines. <laughs> yeah. I think he gets marked too. Anyway, um so many people. But he uh they, they end up kind of bailing in through a window in a house where a guy is doing drugs. He's literally just smoking a cigarette. Yeah. And what does he say? I wish I had written this down. Somebody start like World War Three. Okay. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. 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 Which really yeah. Re- that, that also resonated with me. I'm glad we brought it up. It's like because today it's like, yep, but back that's like another question I have. Like back then it's like it, it, this level of violence was present back then or just hasn't happened yet because well I mean, it was but probably not reported on but if you lived in the city like you know carpenters in la yeah and like this shit's been bad there for all ever you know so i think the bigger the city the more likely you were to see kind of like brutal more brutal tactics plus the war yeah. on drugs that's happening so yeah. it wouldn't have been unheard of Makes to have sense. somebody even in like a nicer neighborhood totally have battering ram show up with a fucking bunch of dudes rolling up in the house so they could walk yeah. out with two little packets of cocaine <laughs> totally worth the money they spent anyway um but yeah oh. now, so what happens after that they, they basically kind of get away right um yeah so the, most the the underground network guys all bolt out they get away the and he goes back in looking everything's like pretty much gone but he finds one box with the glasses in them right. and that's when he kind of takes off and um and then there's a big reveal of, of the world when he when he first puts the glasses on. Yeah. I yeah, love this scene. This is gonna be this, I'm, is, this, is, this is the shit. Yeah. I, I'm so glad that they didn't like have a soundtrack for this scene. It was just the sounds of the world mm-hmm. around them and just he puts the glasses on and everything that he sees, like every every commercial product that he sees has some sort of oppressive message on it that says like this yep. ad for the uh for going to the caribbeans is marry and reproduce uh you know um it's interesting yeah, that the first ad is like a computer, computer in action ad. yeah do mm-hmm. not question authority yes conform oh, sleep he, he walks by a newsstand and i swear to god if i ever made a stupid house i would have an entire wall just be those magazines with those covers. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fantastic. It's like yeah. it's funny too because when you open the magazines, all of the different covers are just pages of the magazines repeated over and over again. <laughs> so all they do is they start with a different page as the cover and then yeah. they just cycle through the rest yeah. of them. Yeah. And you'll I didn't realize that until I looked at one, it was like, Don't question authority. And then like he's thumbing through one of the pages and like the fifth page is don't question authority and yeah. it, it the same font, text, everything. And I was like, yeah. Oh, this is fun. Well that's like psychic driving, basically. Yeah. <laughs> you just repeat it until it just becomes a part of you. Right. It, right. I, I think it's interesting too, I guess because this is the eighties of the distrust and hatred towards advertisement and understanding that this like now it's just you know we get added we get ads thrown at us just from going online constantly telling us the same fucking thing but but it was the first time when the group was being is whereas more obvious that everything was being commodified it was like just kind of all out there they weren't even like pretending anymore oh yeah no they were advertising to us directly as children yeah we had our our fucking cartoons cartoons and the the cartoons that we are absolutely so beholden to are just they're ads. ads money making schemes yeah. yeah 
I mean, there were very few cartoons back then that had like didn't have a toy line. Like I, I always bring up like the Galaxy Rangers, and they didn't have a toy line, but they only lasted a season. And I don't even know if it was a good cartoon, but it had the best <laughs> fucking theme song ever. Um, and there were a few of them back then that like, or if they had a failed toy line, but it was a good cartoon. Like I don't remember the Transformers, Beast Wars, and Beast Machines being all that big a deal. Yeah. Like as as far as selling as toys yeah. were concerned, but the cartoons were banging. <laughs> That it was written by Marv Wolfman. You know, he did like Crisis on Infinite Earths and shit. It was good shit. No, some of it was written. And the subliminal message in each one of those was, kid, tell your daddy to go buy you the toy. Yeah. So it's yes. not far from yes. what we're seeing here. Yeah. No, it was not different. Because that's, that's what it was. Whenever there was a new season of something, there was always a new toy line to be introduced along with it. And, you know, unlike some countries, like, you're allowed to advertise directly to kids here. Yes. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah. you're not allowed to do that in Sweden. Yeah. <laughs> like, you you got to do that shit here. So anyway, yeah, shout out to Sweden. Uh, we, we would like to be moved up um, the, the sci-fi podcast chart from 174, please. Thanks. Okay. No, please. <laughs> so uh, well, to, bring, to bring it back to <laughs> what, what gets me here about the reveal, and again, this is one of the most iconic moments from the whole movie, and what becomes problematic, because what, one of the themes we're getting at here is that this movie has been co-opted by people on the right to, to show that like oh, conspiracy theory is real and they justify actions for what they do. But yeah. one of the moments that is like, they kind of like deciding factor. And again, where the movie kind of takes off, he puts on the glasses a couple times. He gets what's going on. And he says, I always figured it was something like this. Yes. Yeah. And Which I remember bonkers. that what like great fucking line. watching this as, as a, as a kid in high school who was learning about like how our society really is and everything. I was really really identified with this guy and yes. oh, yeah. for a 13 year old kid to identify with a grown man who then goes on a rampage is problematic yeah um, yes. yeah you know I, I i know that it's fiction obviously uh but it's just like that that feeling i really grokked with him on that oh yeah i always figured it was something like this i was real like, uh, big falling down vibes when yes. i it was like sitting down in uh in in government class in 12th grade and learning about the electoral college yeah. yeah well it was like it, <laughs> it, was, it was like my experience with uh with fight club you know I, I i really connected with a lot of the themes of that movie but again not exactly uh-huh. i mean a lot of people problem latched yeah. onto it from the wrong then you angle. watch it again and it's like so, yeah yeah some like, folks okay. are immune to they're immune to satire like they're yeah. yes just, because like here's the problem the problem is that that like pose law kind of shit where like sometimes the thing you're making fun of resembles the thing you're making fun of and it's not funny anymore right there's yeah. there's like a way to do it though where you pop out and I, I thought the fucking fight club was a great satire i thought it was hilarious yeah, that's why right. starship troopers didn't do as well as it should have yes yeah. it was way funnier than it had to be yeah. yeah no i didn't expect that movie when i went and saw it either but i loved yeah. it more for what it was because it totally shook my shit yeah. those fucking bugs were amazing and they just murdered people it was fantastic. I love it. And it's like about murdering oh, people. That ahead. that to me was the most problematic thing. Is he he learns of the conspiracy, and he knows there's an underground network fighting them. Like he's figured that out by now. But right. he takes this as a license to just like go off, go well, off, and like I get oh, I get man. murdering two cops in the alley if they're trying to stop you, and you find out they're aliens. But right. <laughs> then just sort of walking into the financial district and this carrying on that, that action. This this is the thing that sent chills down my spine because as a modern viewer of this. This is the shit I'm just terrified of happening one day yeah. when I'm out, you know, what we yeah. all have to like perpetually live with. One day Nada shows up and you're trying to just go to Trader Joe's and the motherfucker's exactly. just like, yeah. Yeah. click clack. Well, he does let the cop go that is human. <coughs> like, yes. Yeah. He's like, 
Go on. He only, he, only, <laughs> you know, like, he only targets the people who have formaldehyde face. Alien. Yeah, you know, this is right. yes. For a, I guess a little bit of context, he's he's walking around the city <laughs> and he's like walking into he's gonna, walks into a grocery people. store. There's that great moment where he's like, <laughs> I, "Oh my I, god!" I don't remember exactly what he says, but uh, well, the the first guy is at the newsstand and he's looking at him. And he's like, "What's your problem?" And he's wearing the glasses and he sees that this guy has like a really fucked up face. Like he's definitely not human. You know, he's yeah. all teeth and shiny eyes and shit like that. Um, yeah, and he looks like they're skeletal. Big ghouls yeah yeah they, that's the crazy thing like they're like skeletal with a little muscle let's, on it but let's talk what's about even a little bit what's yeah, even better really is really later when you actually see them in color like that, that was yeah. actually the most shocking thing for me about, yeah so, like, their so look, yeah, they're, but... they're meant to look like ghouls because they they, they are a ghoul race that is fe- feeding on our society oh yes and, um me looking at them, it always made me think, like, what are the conditions on their home planet for them to have chrome eyes with star-slit pupils and skin that's basically melted off? Uh, yeah. Just like, what have they done to their planet to uh, to, <laughs> to, to evolve there's, to that? There's something, like, casually cenobite about it. A little bit. I could see that. A little bit. Like, But instead of it being something exceptional and reaching beyond some yeah. sort of border, this is more like uh, like, 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 like your, your, your soccer mom, cop, dad, white picket fence version of that. Yeah. Like, yeah. These are the people who actually like live in the labyrinth, you know, and they yeah. get menial chores. Yeah. I do like what you said, Zero, about like the idea of like, what the fuck did they do to their own planet for them to look like this? Because mm-hmm. the idea is, is like, well, aren't they like mega, like, mega capitalists essentially if oh yeah this is the case so it's kind of like well they probably fucked up their own world exactly yeah exactly right and they're doing to our world john carpenter has said what what we do to third world countries and he says it in the script you know like to yeah, them says it, earth is a third world country third world so mm-hmm. yeah. yes and like this is stuff that carpenter was spouting on screen in like 88 and he said it to himself too this is like my fu to reagan when no one else is giving him an fu yeah. yeah yeah reagan yuppie's like the whole idea of just like unfettered capitalism is his problem yeah. he see here's the thing there's some nuance here because you know carpenter doesn't hate capitalism because at that time we were still kind of gaslit to the point where we were like hey maybe there's something there maybe there's it's kind of like you know crypto five years ago <laughs> maybe there's something mm-hmm. there you know and then you find out later oh no there isn't actually and maybe all of these uh train uh, uh fucking workers need to go on strike you know yeah but like there was this idea of too much it was uh i think uh didn't wall street come out greed is good gordon right. yeah i think yep. that was also 87 or 88 God, cocaine that. was huge i don't think you people understand the sheer amount of aerobics videos America's like sake. there was a ton my we mom was were... all into aerobics all of them, all of them. Denise Austin, everywhere. There we go. That's what they're for. <laughs> totally worked out with them in a certain way. But the yeah. point is, they like there was this heightened where everything, everywhere, everyone lived, everywhere, everyone ate. It was yellow and brown with like wood paneling that only came partway up a wall. <laughs> like the the media was that vaporwave. <laughs> Yes. Yep. <laughs> it was that everybody's on cocaine because like the the seventies happened and some well, that's people the did it at a club and then it turned into this. You know what I mean? Like, it, well, not saying cocaine is necessarily cool. I'm not a fan. 
but i'm just saying that like it, it was one of those things where like it did its natural drug progression and then in the midst of the drug war there was still like the the c-suite people were able to just get as much as they wanted it, it yeah was never a problem. that's like the ultimate expression to the, like the class different like classism is the idea of like the drug wars for black people but like the rich yeah. american psycho fuckers they could just swim in the shit Mm-hmm. And remember, Reagan's the same son of a bitch who had the assault rifle ban. He was the guy because Black Panthers were starting yep. to arm up. Yep. yep. You know, like all of this shit was fucked up back then. And, oh, you know, never mind Reagan, like ignoring AIDS and joking about it. Yep. You know, like it, it was off. It wasn't and... a problem for them until their buddy Rock Hudson got it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Hate that. I'm going to dig up his bones and just. <laughs> Is his library just like a pamphlet? Because <laughs> the man was so fucking addled at the end. So like, here was one of my political awakenings was around the time of this movie at the same time as well. Because a lot of the commentary coming from, say, like, uh, well, there was more of a left back then to a certain degree, um, or at least the degrees to which you can see it were like less visible because we didn't have instantaneous cross communication across all countries and states and counties and everything. Yeah. But like there was this like um oh god, where was I going with this? Fuck, I just totally derailed my ass. <laughs> the gist was like politically speaking, you were able to like really clown on Reagan being, you know, having the Alzheimer's. Yeah. Because it and what the awakening for me in that was that, oh fuck, you can literally weekend at Bernie's the presidency. Like you can literally <laughs> yeah. just uh, make his mouth there. move make his mouth move like Comics that's for bloom county yeah. they uh they, they really <laughs> took the piss out of reagan yeah if you want a mouth water parallel our current president isn't exactly doing great either like yeah, the geriatric like last president problem. was uh was yeah he wasn't there either we we definitely about who's holding hit, who's holding hit. the hand that signs yeah well, I was just reminded recently while listening to another podcast that the founding fathers were just drunks. Like they were drunk 20 year olds who mm. were just like losing their teeth and getting syphilis. And they were just, I mean, they were fucking drinking gin because you couldn't drink the water. Well, the ale wasn't that strong. Landowners that didn't want to pay their taxes. Yeah. yeah. And they just, yeah. they were, they were hammered. So like to think of like, you know, the, the constitution, and everything is like a, some sort of sacred document that was never supposed to change with the advent of barrel clips and automatic weapons. Um, you know, it's just fucking goofy to me to think that we've gotten to this point where people my age at 47, who is twice the age of a founding father, is not considered to be like taken seriously politically. You know, yeah. there's this infantilization of everyone from Gen X on up that we're all mm-hmm. dealing with right now. <laughs> and it's like, we were calling it back then. They were like, why aren't you taking us seriously? Like, we're making the things for you. Like, yeah. We're doing we're doing the stuff for you and you're making the money, but we're not making the money. Yeah. Why is this still happening? Yeah. You know, and then oh, all yeah. of the other podcasts where I've mentioned yelling at the fucking teacher, talking about unpaid internships, et cetera, et cetera. Fast forward to now. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Ah, let me have another hope. sip of this energy drink. <laughs> <laughs> our only hope is our only positive is that all men die. So, yeah. so, uh, so, so our, 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 our protagonist, uh, Nada, has found the Hoffman glasses and it's instantly given him license to go on a rampage killing these alien things. Oh, God. Sure. Yeah. Is this the thing people had to worry about back then of just someone popping off and deciding I'm going to go shoot up a piggly yeah, wiggly? It like, was really rare. Rare. It happened. Rare. But it would I, I thought it was kind of you know, Charles Whitman 
I, I didn't notice first, it this time. Of? I didn't notice it this time. Well, this, this until the second time I watched it, which was today, but uh, uh, <laughs> the day of this recording. But I like how he just kind of like stumbles into a bank with a shotgun and a fucking yeah. Desert Eagle or a forty-five, whatever it is. Wait, 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 let's back up a second about that gun. When he's fucking shooting the cops in the alley, yeah. he doesn't take the first cop's gun. He takes the dirty, hairy gun from the second cop. Yes, of course he there's, does. There's, there's see, a, that's... I don't know if that was scripted because the, you can see him making the choice in the scene. It's fucking great. It's like, I didn't notice that until this watching either. I was just like, yeah. oh, that motherfucker passed up for the hand cannon. Well, then again, he makes a choice to and get see, the shotgun out. And like at that point, he's just committed, you know. Now he's, he's like, got a bandolier. He's this fucking WWH Chewbacca. Or WWF, and that's where the, uh, that's where the, uh, the line. Yeah, that's where it, that's where this turns into kind of a, a movie that has been appropriated by right wingers. Um, and oh, certain, so much. Certain fucking media moguls who you know, <laughs> think that the world is. Uh, is it is has the been moment... taken over by globalists? Oh. So, well, it's the moment they dream of. This moment where he walks into the bank, it's the moment they dream of. Oh yeah. my god, yeah, I have the... been shown, <sighs> I have been shown the veil of reality has been pulled back, and I can see the machinations <laughs> of our government. And then he, he's like, he walks into this bank and he's got a shotgun and a pistol, he's armed, and he knows what's going on, and he sees them, and he, he knows. Them in... Yeah, and everybody in that bank just sees a dude with sunglasses on and a shoddy. Like yeah. they're not like, oh wow, this guy's figured it out. They're like, what the fuck? And yeah, he, he says like, the most insane line, the most insane oh. thing that you probably would have heard at that point. I have come to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. And like, what? <laughs> at that point, everybody else in the room gets it. They're like, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I then bullets fly. Yeah. It is. It's horrible. It's horrifying yeah. through modern eyes. Yeah. yeah. And he manages <laughs> yeah. to only kill One of the things that hasn't people. Aged you know, really he, well. Yeah. He, he manages to only kill these aliens instead of like mm -hmm. hitting someone in the crossfire. Yeah. And with that shotgun, you know? it's questionable too. But Right. Yeah. Oh, it's got real tight <laughs> grouping. It's got a mod on it. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, he, but he's doing that. He blows like one of their heads off and all of this is just this fucking mayhem. People are trying to escape this bank. He's going off though. Like, and he's just yeah. he like a cop shoots and he blows the cop away. And then there's this dude like tucked away in the corner. And I should mention at this point, apparently all of the people, except for the one newscaster scene with like the two aliens in it, but all of the other people in the costume, man, woman, the old lady that looked like she, her face fell in a jar from out of height, all of them. Yeah. Are played by the stunt coordinator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeff really? Imada, or he's uh, amazing. Better known as uh, Asian henchman number one in like every movie. He was in Die Hard. He was yep. in um, wow. Lethal. He's Weapon. the guy with the uh, the the mustache. Okay. Okay. With the okay. long mustache. Okay. Yeah, he looks like a Chinese bandit king. He's like he's very impressive. Fucking, he's amazing. He's amazing at everything. And the fact yes. that like he was he was the guy that did the fight choreography, and we're gonna get to the fight, but like. <laughs> Oh god, I love this movie so fucking much. Anyway, so like he's it's it's that he apparently John had seen those the 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 couple, the the man and the woman who were going to play all of the men and woman aliens. And they weren't good. So Carpenter looked at the guy and then he looked at him and he was like, "Hey, you're about the you're about his size, right?" And the guy's like, "No, he's like 2 inches taller than me." And they're like, "Cool. We're going to put all your fucking you're wearing all the costumes." And just... Nice. Cuz he could act. Like yeah. he has the physicality and stuff. Yeah. 
oh my god like isn't he the guy that eats like the candy bar and die hard hmm. is that who remember. i'm thinking of like what, what like when they're doing the opening siege scene and he's like holding up in the lobby and stuff like that and he stops and they're like all got their fucking guns out like when the police show up and he he like looks down at the he's, he's at a counter and he like reaches under know. it and pulls out a candy bar and starts eating <laughs> i don't know if that's the same guy i'm i'm thinking that's him anyway i think you're right i don't remember it's been a while since i watched that because he's one of the uh, uh, revolutionaries in this as well. Um, if it, because that's that's the same. Anyway, never mind. Point being, this whole <laughs> fucking bank gets shot the fuck up because, um, you know, Rowdy Roddy Piper's on a righteous mission of oh, man. murder. I, I, I had a hard, I had a hard, t- I, I can't say I had a hard time. It's a very good movie. Yeah. But me watching, I just had a little Alex Jones on my sh- shoulder watching yeah. it the first time, and yeah. I had to shut that fucker up a few times. Because it's hard, it's really hard to separate the co-opting, especially because, like, you know, I, I listen to knowledge. Well, it's gun propaganda. Like, that's that's the one thing yeah. that John Carpenter seemed to agree with the Reagan administration about was, you know, people should have guns. Well, it, no, no, no. The Reagan administration was like they shouldn't. No, that's the yeah. thing. He, the, he, he's the. They're the ones that took the you know that assault rifles away off. and stuff off base it for for racist reasons though yes. yeah of course so like but and this is also the time that strengthening the atf you know and and, and ruby ridge and yeah right then yeah. we start building right up a modern militia movement <clears throat> no and like i said you know the social fortune magazines all around had calls to join merchant marines and like weird you know overseas things and straight but, up but you know it's it's funny you mentioned alex jones because uh, we we talked about you know how did it become that this subculture of conspiracy sort of you know mainstreamed and he is legitimately one of the top reasons why why it happened he's sure. legitimately one of the main well, reasons he has in the late 90s and, well he, he's and referenced this movie so many like, times frequently. over like, again, i mean over and over again over and over again and he does that's that's most of his justifications you know he uses film for that reason instead of like real world you know research that's been yeah and it's so, like, he it's does like, he like, uses you know film yeah. he uses pop culture non- things that are not necessarily fact stop. and uh, what it reminds me of is like ministers of parliament who would defend the slave trade and uh, the triangle trade quoting yeah. like you know antiquity and and hercules and <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Yep. He, never, he clearly <laughs> never paid very close attention to the movie because there's a lot of mutual aid in this so uh, much yeah going on and people so are much. so cool yeah. in this movie and, and you know that's yeah. entirely oh. something that john carver is trying to depict there i mean you see them in the soup kitchen you see them helping each other out you see it's the beautiful. whole community that they form yeah. yeah yeah oh god that, it's like the first thing that guy says to uh you know not when he shows up at the camp he's like oh you got tools hmm. it's like well you know we might need you over there if you want to help out you know yeah. like here, and here's some food you know and so like, yeah you're you're taking one of the wrong the wrong message if all you see is this you know validation to um yeah well, that's yeah. that's part of the <laughs> to point alienate though, to other you know because yeah. because as we were talking about you know conspiracy theories up until a certain point i would say probably around the time the the internet boomed you know when the when they became mainstream they were co-opted by the right they were used as mm-hmm. another oh, yeah. way to uh, they they were used as another way to make people think that they were thinking freely, whereas right. it was just another signal that's being sent out by the fucking aliens, basically. Very and, true. I, and I, you know, to be honest, I really don't think that there is a 
single moment where conspiracy theory mainstream, I think it was like a kind of a slow, like, okay, we're in mm-hmm. first gear with Kennedy and the moon landing. Okay. We get into second gear and we start talking about like uh, the Masons, the Freemasons and the Bavarian Illuminati with like Adam Weishaupt. And you get into third and fourth gear when you start getting into kind of like this film yeah. and Alex Jones and Art Bell and stuff like that. But like Columbine was a gear. Because yep. they already started with the conspiracy theories with that. Uh, Lockerbie Scott, planes falling from the sky. Oh, that yep. was clearly shot down by something. You know, like, it's that thing that we keep going back to in conversations and past episodes and just, like, life where it's that, you know, idea that you need to have a conspiracy because without one, this is batshit insane and rudderless and no one's at the helm and this is terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. And the, that's the best thing about the movie yeah. and the narrative is it's just... It's comforting to learn that all the ills of society are blamed on an alien race. It's not us being shitty to each other. It's the fault of these guys. And I'm going to take my vengeance on them. Yeah. And wouldn't, wouldn't you prefer it? Yeah. Wouldn't that be so much easier? That's why, that's why pizza was a thing. Whereas, you know, we have actual fucking like that is a real thing, but you know, yeah. but peop- nobody well, pays attention to fucking, what's his name, um, to uh, Jeffrey Epstein's black book. You know, these mm-hmm. same fuckers are like. Right. Ugh. Yeah, no. Like, or the church or whatever. Like, yeah. you know, all of these uh, Southern uh, Baptist churches that are starting to come out with like all these fucking abuse scandals. Jesus. You know, and it's it's like, yeah, it's always, it's always that. It's like that one, uh, what was it, Kenosha, where they like, they had that, um there was a call for like a missing person was found in some sort of house or something like that. Like someone escaped from this house and said, Hey, there's other people being held in here. And like the neighborhood had to show up and do something because there's this idea that there is like the cops are part of the fucking human trafficking in Kenosha, Wisconsin. God. And it's just like an open secret way. Mm. Like Bill Cosby was for so many fucking years, because when they went into the house, the neighborhood like set the house on fucking fire. And when the cops brought the people out of the house, they were like protecting them and keeping them covered with blankets so no one yeah. can see their face and shit. Yeah. You know, and it's like it's that so kind of awesome. stuff can definitely send you down a fucking hole. Yeah. Because what like, are you supposed the, to do? They're the cops. You you can't like. <laughs> well, you know, I, yeah. I can tell you, to, uh, I'll give you a perfect example of why, why it's bad. I remember a point in my life where I read about MK Ultra as a fringe conspiracy thing that had never happened. And guess right. what? Mm-hmm. It fucking did. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> like, I get it. You know, I get it. I get it. But, but on yeah. behalf of the agency, I'd like to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> to all agents listening to our uh, podcast, please hit pause now. Go take a pee break. It's a recording. We're not doing this live. Come on, man. Don't do yeah. this to yourself. Be good. Touch grass. Anyhow, um, <laughs> But yeah, it's this idea too that like, oh God, like the modern conspiracy field is. I would say it's blinding, honestly, to well, it's like very real things we just. What I'm saying is, it's there's no threads; it's all static. Conspiracies are just another version of these signals that are being sent out. You know, it's it's another way to keep. It's the idea in the movie they call it. We're in, in control in a way. In the movie, exactly. they say Absolutely. an artificially induced state of consciousness. Yep. That's what they call the signal. Yep. I thought yeah. that was fascinating. Because, because, because imagine what that's like. <laughs> because initially, <laughs> initially, the uh, conspiracy theories were threatening to destabilize the myth that we had already, you know, made. I mean, 
America in the well, 1950s the government was, was that was how praying very closely to being fascist. You know, HUAC with jo- Joe McCarthy and that shit, the Red Scare. Like, I mean, that's oh, fucking Lindbergh. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. then all that shit was starting to fall apart. Yeah. So yeah. Now now the right has figured out. Well, not just the right, but you know, the powers that be have figured out how uh, ways to co-opt these conspiracy theories and work them to their advantage so we don't fight back, so we don't mm-hmm. actually do anything. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is, because a, a lot of times with a lot of, like, alien conspiracies and all basically anything, you just in, or you just basically take out one word and replace it with Jew. Yep. Yeah. Well, globalist, that, that's the dog whistle. That's, that's the yep. dog whistle that they use, but it's yeah. like, it's all, it's that's what white supremacists have been doing for a long time, is just taking... Oh, yeah cuddly fun fucking art bell kind of shit and you just take out one word and put in another one mm-hmm. and well, you i mean that's suddenly turn it anti-semitic and now people thoroughly believe this shit doesn't behold a pale horse straight up have like protocols of the elders of zion yes. in it, but he just changes one word he's such a he, no, he doesn't even change the word he writes a fucking introduction into it he's where he's bad. just like <sighs> well instead of the word zionist say this instead you know like and he doesn't change it. He just reprints the same fucking thing. You he, was know? Such a, he was a, such an insane asshole. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I fucking hate it. You know, Bill Cooper, man, him and uh, fucking yeah. Jones had a beef. Like, he hated Alex Jones. Two, of the, two people They fucking hate. knew of each other. And he was, yeah. like, inspired by it. It's like, you don't want to meet your heroes? That's a case. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Bill Cooper was just such an insane asshole. And oh, then man. we just now get Alex Jones, you know? Yeah. This is such a fucking goddamn hobby of mine. don't don't you guys think that certain graves certain certain grave sites should be used as public toilets i've always believed that Uh yeah yeah no that's always true i I hold that strongly yeah Yeah. this idea of don't speak ill of the dead the actual meaning of that is don't lie about them so if they were a piece of shit fucking speak that truth yeah that's just it you know fuck fuck reagan fuck thatcher i'll dig up reagan's bones yeah i'm glad that reagan like I wouldn't really wish this on many people, but I'm glad that Reagan's brain ate itself before he died. Like fuck him. Mm. Oh, I just good. it was too good for him. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. he should have known. Anyhow, uh, <laughs> um, moving on. That's look, looking at my notes. Uh, okay, so I, I wrote down some lines that I want to just kind of call out. Um, I don't remember. Like some, they're just quotes. The one though I want to say is like Frank. Um, we gave these steel companies a break when they needed it, and what did they give themselves? Raises. Hmm. Oh, see, that the sounds of the movie. familiar. God, yeah. I'm telling you, this, I'm telling you, Youngstown loved this movie. There's a reason. Like <laughs> around did. around 2007, 2008, 2009, I was telling people John Carpenter's a goddamn prophet. Yeah, John Carpenter's a prophet. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially here, more than anything. Like he, he really. So there was also the the first time the the hackers breaking through the TV, right? All these guys are sitting around, they're getting headaches from the signal and everything yeah, like that. Yeah. And the one guy says that the first time I could, I was, he's just like that goddamn hacker. Hmm. I I loved his line delivery there, like so fucking much. Doesn't he say he here's like, this guy lift, licking his balls again? And then this, something like yeah, that. This is the same guy who later, you know, ends up teaming up with the aliens. Right, right. He's the yeah. piece of shit later. Yeah, you know, fuck that guy. Um. <clears throat> when we haven't even gotten to the part where he, like he meets up with Holly, he has to kidnap Holly, right? Yeah, you're right about so, there. We're right about so there, yeah. We we talked about how like she she like Roddy had to tell her to hit him, 
<laughs> he's just like please hit me really hard with that it hurts less you know like because the thing will shatter <laughs> yeah she straight up chucks him out a window incredible, <laughs> and down a cliff and that's probably like, the greatest stunt in the movie and that oh just like God. blew up like one minute they're talking he's kind of got this situation and she does a really smart thing where you know he's like trying to get her to wear the glasses and she's like look i'm buddy i'm gonna i'm gonna wear i'm gonna see whatever you want me to see if i yeah. put on those glasses it's like a good moment yeah. she delivers yeah. it pretty well but then it just like, like instantly just like escalates to her jumping him and like throwing him right out the window. And she's very much a compliant hostage up, up until that point. I love Florida that Florida ceiling shot. plate glass window. <laughs> you know, what's really crazy about the scene, especially nowadays, but even back then, I do remember it being a little weird because like we like Rowdy Roddy Piper as the viewer, as the audience. Okay. Oh. We know he seems to be a pretty good guy, but when he like takes her hostage. Yeah. That's and he's like, scary. are you married? Do you live alone? <laughs> I'm like, none of those questions would fucking fly in 2022 yeah. in the yeah. year Has he got duct tape in the trunk? <laughs> yeah, so a lot funny. of this movie. Do you own I a shovel? Have... Yeah. Like, <laughs> right, right. Do you have any uh, drop cloths? Uh, tarps, perhaps? <laughs> squeegees. Do you have squeegees? Do you have a sharp wash. knife? Oh, God. I mean, but you know, like he's asking her these questions and stuff to get away from these fucking cops. And, and this whole scene is so, my God, did it just, it's not that it didn't age well. It's that this is a snapshot of 1988. <laughs> yeah. Explain. And, and this is what passes for a good man. Yeah. Because in almost any other film of its ilk, it would not be going, he would not be saying it like that. He would have her at gunpoint. He would be like, she'd be gripped, you know what I mean? Or, or her, you know, her clothes would be, torn. there would be some abuse that would be happening. And he's just like, look, just take me in your little beamer and get me the fuck out of here. And then he's asking her the weird questions, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, and that's, it's off-putting now. So I, let me, well, let, Shadow Lake, uh, Scum, how did that hit you? The yeah, how first did that, time you saw that? Yeah. Uh, go for it. You go ahead. I mean, I don't know. I guess I could see the logic behind it, but yeah, uh, there's discomfort in that in that moment because yeah, yeah, it's not. Uh, I, yeah, uh, I, I'd have go. to say yeah, it was really uncomfortable. The questions were really weird and kind of like the uh, shoot 'em up scene we just came from. It's yeah. I could definitely see where it's like that wouldn't have flown today for yeah. many a reason, yeah. and. It, I don't know. It, it was just really deeply weird, uncomfortable, kind of, I guess, through modern eyes, out of place. Yeah. He really didn't mm-hmm. need Her to character. ask if she was married. He just had to ask if she lived <laughs> alone. I mean, that would have made more yeah. sense. But, like, it would have been it less creepy. Like, yeah. yeah. It's so, in the way he's playing it, it makes it seem less creepy than it is. But you hear yeah. the words he's saying, and you're like, oh, this guy's a psychopath. Like, there's no, yeah. Yeah other way to kind of look at this considering yeah. what he just did uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god yeah but I, I did i wanted to take a second to talk about that bit and just how fucking whoa and, like, and yeah to, to speak to your point of it being like a snapshot you know this is there's dozens of scenes like this i can think of one in commando with schwarzenegger i can think of one in uh mm-hmm. with um in terminator you know with kyle mm-hmm. reese taking sarah connor and like like you said it's like that's or even kind of like, uh, even true lies runner. precisely like in yeah. true lies, even you know Arnie and his wife. You That's know, what I was thinking strip- too. This is what's like, supposed there's... to be a man, you know, like 
a man supposed to. A lot to. of power dynamics. A lot of yeah. lack of agency for the woman. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, Until she clocks him over the head with a bottle and, like, literally right out of play class window. I fucking... It, that, that entire shot, overhead point. shot, man. Yeah. It, like, that, the way they film that. And she really, like, she does a fucking, like, turnaround. She went for it. <laughs> yeah. That was... Never saw it before. First time watching it. I saw that, and I'm like, oh, shit. Like, she wound up for that shit. Yeah. She... Came out of left field. You really didn't expect it. No, not at all. That's like some Mick Foley shit. Okay, so I think <laughs> I think T is home, and the dogs may start barking like maniacs here in a second. Sure. All right. So I may hit mute, but continue talking, please, by yeah. all means. And I'm going to keep talking, too, until it happens. All right. um, anyhow. Chucked his ass out of a window. Chucked his ass out of a window. window. He spends a night, you know, out or whatever, and uh, eventually makes his way back to wherever he hit his glasses at. I guess he yeah. supports another pair, and that's where um, oh, my God. I Keith David finds so him again. He's like, no, 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 "Hey, wait. maniac! <laughs> I got you! I got you some money from the job. Get out of my life!" We gotta, we gotta back up a second here. Oh, the, here. you mean the worst hiding spot I've ever seen in cinema? Yeah, I well, no, it, it's like he's he's looking for you. Yeah, right, first of all, right, he sticks <laughs> yeah. him in the bottom of a trash can, not yeah. like off center, not in like a doorway, not like somewhere else. Yeah, it. it, it so he's looking for him and stuff, and then it, suddenly he, like, what he should have seen when he went into the alley is this giant fucking garbage truck. Yep. <laughs> like, it's and it's got all these one. boxes in it, and the guy's, like, closing it, and he's complaining about something as he walks to the front of what it must be, you know, like a quarter of a mile long garbage truck. <laughs> and he's just screaming at somebody the entire time he's up there, and, you know, Nada walks up, he opens the gate back up, and he crawls in the back of the garbage truck. You can still hear this guy in the front arguing the entire time. And he finally finds like a box. And he finds like one pair somehow or two or something. I don't know. He finds like one pair and he, he keeps yeah. them. And then the guy decides to empty all of the trash. And this is probably the best piece of acting. Robbie. <laughs> it's hilarious. Like his, his face lights up. He's like, Oh shit. You know? And he's, he's trying to crawl his way up and it's all just garbage. Like just, it's not even really garbage. What's funny though is that his pants aren't as stained when he goes in than when he comes out. Because <laughs> you can tell what he's been through by the new and interesting stains that appear on his jeans. Throughout and the his head. <laughs> he has this big old fucking. I couldn't get it out of my mind. He has this big red welt right. Oh yeah, his fucking face. They and do a pretty from... good job of making him look beat up throughout. Oh yeah, yeah. they really did. We're we're gonna get to the, like the best moment of this <laughs> too. So we gotta talk too. about the we gotta talk about the back of Keith David's head. Oh, we're getting, um, we're, we're right up we're to We're going to get to that. Jesus fuck. So anyway, he, he manages to, you know, whatever. He, he gets back to Keith David at the construction site. He's like hiding behind a dumpster. He's like, what the fuck are you doing here, man? You know, like, where'd you go? What happened? You, it's been two days. What the fuck? And, <laughs> you know, Nada looks like shit. Like, his, he's, he's been thrown out a window. He's been beat up. Like, all kinds of stuff has happened to him. His, his fucking face is all fucked up. And He's trying to tell Frank, like, you've got to see this thing. He's like, get oh, the fuck out of here. He's like, here, here's some money. Get the fuck out. Or No, he doesn't give him the money yet. Doesn't so, he acknowledge, too, that he shot people? Yeah. Yeah, he, he's like, how many people did you kill? And he goes, nine. And he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why would you even approach him at this point? He's on TV. Everyone yeah. knows Nada yeah. is, like, a mass shooter. Like he's It's the charisma, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He, he, oh, he's doing his face turn, you know, it's all good. He was yeah. a heel for so long, but this is his big face turn, right? So, like, he's he's doing oh, all this okay. shit. And somehow he gets he gets Frank to follow him. And they, they, they're they walking, and he's like, here, I got you some money, and he throws it on the ground. 
and he's like, you got to put these glasses on. And what begins here is is five minutes and thirty some odd seconds of like one of the greatest fight scenes in all of cinema. It's yes, so absolutely. so much is told about the characters, so right. much is told about working class, about race. So about, much work went into the fight. So much, yeah, like there's a lot in this fight scene just be, beyond it's a good fight scene because it is. It's one of the better yeah. fight scenes I've ever seen. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of the raid. No, but if, it's let me ask you this: right. if you, symbolism to it, if so you're much younger, I can speak if you're it. younger and you saw like the Daredevil Netflix series, that first fight in the hallway. <sighs> if that's your speed, if that's what you'd like, you'd like to see people getting tired as they progress. This is your fight. Or this is how a fight would look, probably for the, the I would say eighty five percent of this yeah, is really shit. The subway fight in John Wick two, like with with Common and uh, Keanu. Oh, epic is shit. Well, that's yeah. definitely. I mean, common. it was it was absolutely inspired by this scene. South Park did a shot by shot tribute with Timmy and Jimmy, like in one of their episodes. Yeah, as one of their tri- <laughs> as one of their tributes, and um. The fight scene itself is based on a John Wayne fight scene from the Western The Quiet Man, where they just kind of right. film this fight all over the whole wide expanse Wait. area that they were filming in. The uh, Quiet Man's actually, John it Wayne, takes place though. in Ireland. Yeah, no, we had to watch that in high school. It's a good movie, actually. Okay. Um, Irish because Western. It, well, it's it's not really, it's it's like a more polite straw dogs. Okay. That's the way. That's the way to put it. But the fist fight is fantastic. It's like actually, I see why he would have referenced that. Because like John Wayne made a lot of movies. He's a piece of shit. But a couple yeah. of the movies stick out. <laughs> yeah. And that, that the Quiet Man was one of them. I would definitely recommend watching that if you've never seen it. You want a nice, good atmosphere, you know, film that takes place in Ireland. Just it's not like him being Genghis Khan. I don't think he has even an accent in this. You know what I mean? But like this is this is good shit. This is some good stuff. Anyway, so he, I, fuck him. But this fight was definitely going. yeah. And it, it, oh, I can't. I, I'm having. Help me. Like the what it's this impossible. is. It's impossible. It's impossible. There's okay. So the just the way they stance up, yeah. like it, it, one guy is clearly might have some military in him. Nada clearly is nada, and it's just fl- flailing punches, grappling, just cheap shots too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there's well, a lot of cheap it starts shots. off with like just funny. punching just each other in the funny. face, but then uh, yeah, but then well, you know, it's, what it's is funny. is not as trying to follow Keith David. It's like, man, you got a little. And he just like crack right in the nose, punches him to yeah. keep him away Yo. from him. I'm like, that's a yeah. good strategy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it, I mean they they have an it's an exchange. It's not like they're even trading punches. They're ducking. They're blocking. Yeah, like it's there's some movements here. And the thing about it is like there's some nutting yeah. in. There's some shots. There's so many shots. Five in a row. I counted them. Yeah. (laughs) What do you say? That's what do you say? It's so good. It's so good. It's just the entire thing is motivated by a need to put the glasses on because he wants his friend somewhat to be able to see what he sees. He's like, I I want you to know that I'm not crazy. Yeah. His friend who's. But he doesn't go on to explain anything. Yeah. Yeah. He just macho power trips him out. It says right. either put on those glasses or start eating that trash can. And I'm like thinking like, what the fuck did he just say to him? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, he, uh, he doesn't elaborate. He just keeps trying to get him to do an action. And I get why I would be stubborn and not want to do that fucking action. 
and it feels like the fight is over three times oh yeah Yeah, you're so tired frank frank knocks nada down once and then he's like (laughs) and then he he holds his hand out like you know this is the end of the fight right he's gonna pick him up right he's like i told you i didn't want to get involved and then he bops him in the face and then it just and then it starts getting dirtier and dirtier as it goes on Oh man! <laughs> he, they break a window with a two by four, and it, it seems like that was Frank's Oh, oh that was like such yeah. a the fight stops, and not as like, oh my god, I'm sorry. And he <laughs> <laughs> See, I think it's like they like they pick up weapons that could yeah. kill each other, and that's why right. he like realizes, holy shit, I didn't mean to, I wasn't gonna, yeah, and yeah. like he kind of laughs at it, which is interesting. Oh, but he, the way, like they, but it's a melee. Like this is just top tier. You know, yeah. one of the greatest fights. It's just two guys period. duking it out. And just wailing. David's head, back of it, back of his head. Until it's they're skinned. like, yeah. I, I mean, they. You got to. It's skinned. Yeah, like they show this. Oh man, he's Keith David in this uh, the DVD thing was talking about how like mm-hmm. they had they had to do makeup because like you see this one part where they have mats down that are painted like the concrete. Yeah. Interesting. And I didn't I didn't notice that until they show the scene in that that clip and I was just like, oh fuck, there's the edge of it. Right. Okay, yeah. cool. Well he bounces his head off of that. And he got like skinned a little bit. And he's like, it wasn't that bad, but they were like, oh fuck, let's like in the in the fucking shot, it looks like it fucked him up. So they did yeah. that. They skinned it. They made it look like pink and bloody and stuff. And it was just like great yeah. attention to detail. Yeah. Makeup is top tier in this. Yeah, like really for sure. Absolutely. I gotta say, like, it's not gory, but like it but the injuries that Nada and oh, they beat the hell out of both each other. injuries they both have look very convincing. Yeah. I'm really impressed by it. Like it's not it's subtle. It's not over the top gore. They do it a good job of like making shit beat up. Yes, yeah. it looks like a bar fight. You know, yeah. and it's so anyway. He he manages through the like the sloppiest means necessary. He kind of like just like pulls the glasses on Keith. How many times head. does he knee him in the dick? Five in a row. <laughs> Thank God. I rewound it. The, oh, I did. I counted. What a, <laughs> I watched it. The thing you touched because it was so amazing. It's so is uh, I heard one explanation of it where it makes perfect, absolute sense to me. Like a diamond bullet in my brain when I heard it. It's Frank is the working man who doesn't want to learn the truth that he suspects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Rowdy Roddy Piper yeah, is the guy who's like the light bringer and he's trying to bring in the truth. And mm-hmm. he's just like fighting back and like being the son of a, you know, vote against your own interests, Republican. I can tell mm-hmm. you it's exactly that kind of thing. It's like it represents the working man who wants to stay blind rather than have to confront the truth and act differently and, and do something about, you know, because once Frank sees it, he's on board. Yeah. Oh, it's on board. He doesn't go shoot up a bank. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. They go to a hotel and bloody faced and fucked up, both of them wearing sunglasses. The guy's like, I bet you it's a Cecil Hotel. What does he say to oh, him? Oh, God. It's just like, <laughs> I mean, he it's like, right, right there. He has this amazing grin on his face and he, like, I need a room or something like that. He has this, he, he, the guy's like, Can I help you, gentlemen? And they're just, they look fucked up. Like their faces are swollen. There's blood like coming out of every, like, ears. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like their eyes, but they got the shades on. And he's just like, I'd like a room. And the way he smiles and delivers this line is fucking hilarious because it's just like dead silence and then this like sinister grin. And now they're roommates in a hotel. Yeah. Like after this like six minute battle royale for the ages, like, oh my God. And the two of them sitting there, the two of them, they take off their glasses. I forget exactly what they're saying, but he's like, yeah, you know, 
you take them off and it gives you a headache. And he had Roddy Roddy Piper's explaining. It's like, yeah, it's like, uh, it's like you're high for a while. And I'm like, yeah, it gives you a murderous rage too, apparently for, for some <laughs> yeah, seriously results may yeah. vary, but really yeah. glad Germany didn't have that circa 1932. I thought, <laughs> I thought that putting on the glasses, uh, was what gave them the headache. I think it's more like, well, you know what? There's a direct correlation between that and VR. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you have because, VR on for Well, there's long. also earlier in the movie... Uh, or the video uh, drone signal. Yeah. yeah. Well, earlier in the movie when, you know, they're at the homeless camp and uh, uh, the hacker is breaking through the, the uh, TV broadcast, you know, uh, the, the family man and his wife... It's his giving wife everybody headaches, like, too. Yeah. Yeah. So... What's well, like there's some high symbolism the there. And break, yeah, exactly. Breaking the signal cuts the sugar. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't think of it like that. That's very true. So yeah. the glasses must have some way of interfering because like it's a very optical but well, I don't know. Like I it, it, it who well, gives it, a shit. I don't want to break down <laughs> like the signal too much because that takes yeah. some of the joy out of it. But like it is an auditory thing. It's a full spectrum fucking hallucination that they're mm. projecting yeah. upon. It's it's augmented reality without, you know, the glasses actually kills it. Yeah. As opposed to the way it would be now, you yeah. know, it was like an inversion of like AR goggles. Yeah, <laughs> you know, what what if you could actually holographically project everything onto everything, you know, yeah. which actually plays out pretty funnily when it turns on later. But anyway, um, <clears throat> let's see, what was this? Uh, where where are we at with this? Where they were they in the hotel room trying to figure out oh, basically then, what to do, right? And then fucking homeboy is like, hey. <laughs> He just like shows up in their room, right? Uh, like, yeah, the the fella from the from the homeless homeless camp, camp the leader of the revolution, him down to the yeah. hotel somehow. Yeah. Right. Somehow. Don't don't ask questions. Just let it happen. He probably just, he just said, "Have you seen guys wearing these glasses?" Oh yeah, we totally saw those dudes. They're in there. But he, he like that had to have taken forever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's just like uh, I, I don't know. I, like that that freaked me out a bit in a way. There was like, well, what does he know? Is he really a bad guy? Because you know, like oh, I don't know. I've seen the movie a bunch. I was just kind of playing it you know like what happens next and um it is a little odd the way he just kind of shows up at their fucking place like not even just the hotel but like their room yeah you know i was like oh hey wow i'm shook but he he's like here meet here and he writes it down on a physical piece of paper (laughs) and he hands it to them be here at this address and something about a password get there i love the dude who's working the door he's my my favorite He's dude. Yeah. Something news going down, brothers. And he points to his eye. Yeah. <laughs> and he's he's cradling a sawed-off shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, well, the two of them are walking like down worked... the street, guns drawn, like this was the OK Corral. And right. they come up to a door with a guy standing around with a shotgun, which, I mean... And he's cool with it. I'm he's not like, sure uh, what neighborhood in L.A. they're in, but I guess... I don't know. That could be normal. It, it, this guy looked like he worked security at a, a, a fucking Rolling Stones concert. But anyhow, it just adds to the dystopian nature of the, the dystopian feeling of the of the world. Yeah. Right, and this is where they all like they're they're gonna, yeah, and you know, ah, he's the best doorman in that like in, in a lot of movies. I would mm-hmm. have to say because he does his job with like a plum. Yeah, I later too, he starts like emptying that shotgun into a line of cops that are coming down the alley. So he's yeah, yeah, no, he's he's a cheat. And he like he he lets him in, but it was funny to me that like they didn't lock the door when he went in. Mm-hmm. I figured he would have to knock, like a modern film, there would have to be a knock. <laughs> but like here, no, not so much. Um, 
But they go in and they're having the big meeting and there's just a table full of fucking guns and sunglasses and all kinds of shit going on. And they're getting ready for their big push. And the, the leader guy is just like, oh, I thought there'd be more people. And they're having some big rally talking Definitely. about how they have to do a raid and all this other shit. And Definitely this is it. This houses. is the big. Okay, yeah. yeah. They're like, everybody memorize these lists of safe houses. I'm like, they ain't safe anymore. Like, what? what is their goal here? It's like, oh, there's too few people at our secret meeting about the revolution. Right. Um, there's a lot of people there. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, they expected more. Well, they need more. They do you need know, more. Yeah. As you find out in a moment, but, but not before we see Holly. Yeah. Holly's hanging out. She's at the meeting. And she's got a little jaunty revolutionary beret on. You're not uh, fooling us, sister. You're not fooling us. And, and she's, uh, she's got shades. But isn't that what she's like holding? And she's, you know, she's holding she, them. Like yeah. gestures to Nada, like, hey. Yeah. Yeah, and um, he just got this big puppy dog smile, like, hey. Yeah. yeah. Remember the window? I was that guy at the window. You remember me? <laughs> you know, you almost I don't me. really understand their dynamic throughout this movie because they kind of play at this is kind of like mm. a will they, won't they thing. Yeah. But it never really, they really pans do. out. Really and they, they make it seem like, you know, I don't know. They they give She's Holly more significance to. Yeah. Roddy, well, to to not a then seems uh, then seems that, appropriate, yeah, because yeah, they didn't yeah. really make a connection. She never really shared anything deep with him. We know yeah. nothing about her yeah. besides she just where she works. Really, eyes. really, yeah. really enchanting eyes. Yeah, yeah. No, and that's oh god, what was that? Like Carpenter said, she she loved doing this movie, right? And and she said like Carpenter like sent flowers, and uh, there was a note attached that said something like. When this stops being fun, we quit doing it. Yeah, yeah. You know, but he when he was when he mentioned her, he, he just talked about how he like always loved her. He always thought that she was just like so beautiful on screen and stuff like that. And yeah. that was like he weaponized that for this role. Yeah, because yeah, she does all the acting was... just with her face and just with her, yeah. her looks. Yeah. yeah, I mean she's terrifying. It when, by the time you get to the end and you're just like, God damn it! Even then yeah. you're just like, God damn it! Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, I think uh, the. Uh, I, I think the her only drawback yeah, is she doesn't really have like a ton of agency. We don't really know a lot about her. She chucks his ass off a She does chuck his ass out the window. That's I, that's a lot of agency. That's like two. I think she has plenty, plenty of agency as a character. She even that's says two. I yeah. thought you died. Yeah, she. I fuck man. Like no, I think she's all right in this. In that she's like she knows what the fuck she's doing the entire right. time. Yeah, we she's a double agent. She's working for right. the other side. Yeah, I mean, that, right. She may appear to not have as much agency, I guess. But she knows how much of it is she acting. just doesn't have a lot of screen time. Acting inside the That's acting. true. Yeah. That's, yeah. She probably only had like three days. Yeah. But like anyway, so we, we the cops show up and they just massacre this entire Boy room. do they ever. Yep. Yeah. It's just it's yeah, they than the homeless camp. Yeah, they like blow the fucking oh, yeah. wide open. They blow the wall. Yeah. They blow the walls in. Yeah. They put several bullets in one person. This is like you know, a fucking like horrifying scene. It is. Yeah. It goes on for like uh, a pretty long time. Yeah. In slow-mo. Yeah. They, they're just like cutting over and people are just falling. All these I characters was more... that you and were then just they like, cut... hey, I'm yeah. just going to know you. They cut to the back where like, you know, they're just kind of slinking away down the alley where there's a dozen cops just beating the shit out of two of the revolutionary guys. The, the blind preacher oh. and... Oh, um... that, was, that was actually like early in the earlier i think i think that was um after the homeless camp um no there was another one after after i think this was the bad one this was the bad this was because they escaped together frank and him both see this and they just kind of like they just kind of like just kind of kept walking 
and and yeah, Holly was, was with them too. Yeah. yeah, that was. I thought that was the more brutal police brutality. I was, I was definitely like less all horrified the police brutality by... scenes. That was oh, the all of them. Yeah, this this called a lot of shit as far as that's concerned. Yeah, yeah. About like what the cops bad. are protecting and stuff, like what their job is in this movie is. To, well, you know, again, it was Diamond scary. Bullet clarity. Yeah, uh, like this scene was lots was scary in a different way for me than the you know Piper blowing away bankers. The bankers, yeah. But yeah. It, it's like violence isn't maybe with the exception of that one fight scene because that one was incredible. But it, it's like violence isn't glorified at all in this movie. In fact, it's quite horrible. Yeah, and yeah. I like the Matrix. I kind of feel like you know shitheads who co-op this don't understand that. Yeah, yeah. Like you really dig the violence in this movie. Yeah. And it's I, not. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't. I didn't. Yeah, it's it's not something where you're like, oh, that's fucking cool. You know, it's it's really it's really tough to watch at some points. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And everything has gone like bug fuck at this point, yeah. where they just like end up rolling. I there's this wonderful they they everyone's done. Like the only two people that are left is Frank and Nada, basically. Mm-hmm. And they're like, and, we just need to go fix it all ourselves. <laughs> yeah. So they roll up to the studio, and there's well, they, this great scene oh. where they're like running through the office, and they're like, "Excuse me, where is uh, Holly's office?" No, it, dude. Okay, we, thank you very much. And we he's need to like, talk, hold on. We need to talk about how weird we yeah. how we get to that point. Yeah. Okay. This, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit. Okay. I forgot that whole part. And, yeah. Yeah. The way that this is the the final act of this movie is constructed is so it's it's got kind of like a dream logic to it, honestly. Yeah. Because, oh yeah. Because this this studio makes oh, no wait. sense. This How whole building makes no sense. This, yeah. This they don't the roll they, up. They, they go, go through, through a fucking glass. yeah. Like yeah. physically, they go through a portal, which they yeah. open from a uh, on the table full of guns and the and the and the and the Hoffman glasses and everything. There's a watch. Uh, um, you know, one of the uh, communicator wristwatch. Alien in the check, bank. Check off MacGuffin watch. That, yes. yes. Yeah. That opens a portal for them to to escape whenever they they feel threatened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they can't figure out how to work it, but somehow Frank just like you know Jimmy's it. I think he gets damaged. No, no, no. Damaged. He, he doesn't know what the fuck it's doing, and then he chucks it behind him. Yeah. And then it zaps. And this voice comes on that's like temporary portal. Like your your watch is malfunctioning. Oh, so he just threw it on the ground. Yeah. Okay. He just yeah. throws it on the ground and it's like it turns on. It's it's the whole like you know, rushing with a wrench beating on a satellite to make a work thing. Yeah. And it, it this this voice I love this countdown. It's like temporary portal is open for ten seconds, nine seconds, eight seconds. And it it says seconds for each fucking number. And I'm like, you know, that is such an 80s sci-fi thing where, like, it's <laughs> just like the done. extra word that you don't need kind of thing <laughs> that was always happening. I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. Uh, anyhow. But, yeah, so they, they pop through that and they end up in, like... It's like a bunker tunnel complex almost. Yeah. And I found it, it is. An actual yeah. series of tunnels that connects city uh, city buildings under L.A., like municipal. Yeah. Interesting. And it shows yeah. up in a bunch of movies, I guess. Well, Chicago uh, yeah. has that in a, in a lesser sense as yeah. well. It, it looks it, like like yeah. the thing that Austin Powers got the little. Yeah, exactly. Stuff I think that I think that yeah. was where it was filmed. It's it's yeah. it's iconic. It, it, yeah, because what you said, Shadow Links, I think is spot on. Is like this movie gets really weird now. Yeah, like because, it, it's very dream, very strange. Yeah, this is they, where they they're walking through, through and the they, they, yeah, they come across this fucking ballroom in the middle of yeah. this bunker like area where you know. The, <laughs> This giant crowd they, they of aliens. They tuck their guns into their shirts. Yeah, they try to act like they're wearing as much as they can. 
I love how they're they just kind of like the fight. How they haven't changed their clothes in three days, and everyone else is in tuxedos, and no one says anything. And yeah. and, uh, and you know the guy up there saying the you know he's he's addressing the human power elite, but like the guys with the Hoffman glasses and the and the contacts can see that it's not just humans in the room. There's there's a good peppering of the of the alien species too. Yeah. Oh, that's right. They did swap out the contact lenses. I forgot. Yeah. 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 I mean, you can't keep our stars and glasses this whole movie. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's why Stallone took off the helmet and Judge Dredd, you know. But, uh, but yeah, I found it interesting. The guy up in the podium, he's saying, look, by the year 2025, uh, you know, atmospheric conditions will be, you know, changed and you know, talking about the gains, talking about everything that the human power elite stands to, stands to, uh, standard business. Methane's yeah. increasing. Yeah. 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 It's the shit they're doing now with, like, you know, rich people trying to make bunkers. Yeah. Right. You know, where, like, yeah, yeah everything's going to be fucked. At least we'll be okay because we have all our fucking yeah. money yeah. Right. and this is where we meet up with our, our friend from the homeless camp the bum uh who's the character name i still can't remember but buck flower is the actor because i think he's just forget re- uh, that. he's so good he's great yeah yeah he yeah is. he's great oh man um he's got this like van dyke devil goatee going on now like he's all <laughs> cleaned up he's carrying he's got like a martini glass full of champagne looks like a televangelist yeah, totally. much. a little Looks bit more sense. accented too when he talks. A little more proper, like very dead it, baby. It, yes. I mean, uh, well, that's the funny thing is, well, all of this is network. Like this whole the guy on the on the uh, the fucking podium giving the whole speech is doing this whole. There are no countries. Yeah. Like it's literally like oh, that's a what, gigantic tip of the hat and bow. That's yeah. what Buckflower yeah. says. Says something. He's like, "Boys, there ain't no countries anymore." Right. Yeah. 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 Like this entire thing is meant to, he's like basically splitting Beatty up, yeah, you this, know, into this these dumbass different scenes to like show these guys around uh, the whole place. He's, yeah. He's like, he's like, oh, you've, you've joined, you've signed on to our side. Like yeah. he, it's just. Yeah. Yeah. Cause clearly they have, gotta, this is how you got to keep your mouth shut. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like oh, this is where you're like, oh yeah, sure. You guys should have cleaned up into, and, you know, washed all the gunpowder off yourself. <laughs> It's like, oh, how'd you get here? <laughs> you know, like, oh, they you look know. like shit. Oh, dude, they're beat the fuck up. They there's there's holes. Firefight. They're bloody as hell. Their their faces all like putty, you yeah. know. And, and, then, and they're and he's just like, oh, you clearly you've signed up to the rich people side because yeah. you know you look like shit and it's covered in your own blood. Why else would right. you be here otherwise? Yeah. So he takes some. <laughs> That's the arrogance of it. Yeah. 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 He yeah, takes them to, I think that's my uh, only complaint. <laughs> well, you also have to consider, side. you know, he was he was a homeless man just like two two days ago, so maybe he doesn't really fair enough the difference. Yeah. Or he, he has, I think that adds on to the, the visual cues. I think mm-hmm. it definitely adds on to the dreamlike quality because when this fucker shows up, not only are all the signs like written in weird alien and English, which also adds a weird dreamlike quality because you can't yeah. really read anything in dreams. Yeah. It's this fucker shows up and I'm like, what's going on? This is where yeah. it really felt the most Phil Dickian. To me. Yeah. When this guy yeah. comes back into the picture. Yeah. This yeah. is this is the, behind, you know, behind the curtain. Yeah. Scene. You know, this is the everything you suspected. This is how it's happening. You know, here's mm-hmm. the, yeah, here's the newsroom. Here's the control room. Here's the blah, blah, blah. Here's this in here. Here's the, there's the, the weak spot. Here's the, here's the exhaust port that you can shoot your, you know, <laughs> proton, yeah. torpedo. And, proton torpedo into, you know, like it's, this it's such one, a the biggest moment. thing that stuck out to me was just uh, how they, they made a point of making, they made the point that these are a multi-dimensional alien race. They're not mm-hmm. just from some other planet, but they're, they actually say multi-dimensional. And yeah. it just makes you think again that 
theory of like what did they do to their own dimension yeah, or think side of, world uh, makes me think of brian k vaughn's ex machina this idea uh, of sure. this lovecraftian uh super species is trying to take over the multiverse mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah so he takes them to this he takes them to the tv studio and uh nada and frank are like they want to get in um and he's like, you look mm-hmm. like the person to do that. So then he's like, so uh, the drifter's talking to uh, the security guard. He's like, oh, can I see your access passes? And then uh, the drifter's like, oh, sure, here's mine. And then <laughs> the other two just pull Again, out the guns and gank the Draw guy. steel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And blow him away. Yeah. And, and, that's, you know, and this is when access he, key. <laughs> this is when he delivers his whole network speech no oh they're just mm. they're, they're well, just one line too where he's like he's for all of us you know which bullshit most of us sell out right away yeah is is uh, i know you the, boys want a taste of that sweet life too and yeah, uh well, keith david calls him on he said you do it to your own kind yep and he's like of course it will. <laughs> you know yeah, like, yeah. And then, then he bugs the fuck out with his little special wristwatch. He gets, he actually gets away. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because it's just the idea of like how money corrupts, but also watching it through modern eyes, how many people probably would just sell yeah. out the well, that's, species oh, just absolutely. to, just to, because so many of us are denied just basic human shit, like being able to have a family if you want, or being able to live comfortably. And a lot of us, you know, I lump myself in there, just can't because well, simply cipher. because, yeah, well, we just cipher. simply can't afford it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, there's so this like, other like subtext kind of thing that's going on in this this thing with Carpenter, where it's like, okay, so you know, at first you have uh, you know white guy and black guy are kind of like, eh, we can work around each other and work together and stuff, and like we can communicate, but we're gonna fight, and that doesn't get us anywhere. Yeah. And yeah. then when they're both on the same level, and you realize it's like not a race issue, it's a class issue. Mm. You know, to put those fucking you know specs on and do this whole shit that's kind of how this progresses you know like as soon as like you put the bullshit aside that oh hey well hey wow you know you've got melanin i don't oh i burn in the sun oh i can't eat this certain food uh like once you put all that shit aside and realize no these are the guys that are fucking you and the craziest thing about it is you know in this movie of course it's it's metaphorical It's, it's oh it's aliens but like we see it and they report on it, and they print it in newspapers. Who's fucking you? <laughs> like, it's not a yeah. secret conspiracy. Yeah. It's literally, like, they're basically pissing in your face and mm. being yeah. like, "Oh, my stock went up." Like, they well, will, they will brag about it at company meetings. Yeah. I've been to mm. company meetings where they're like, "Oh, our profits went oh. up, you know, twenty five percent this month." Well, like this past quarter, and like, "Oh, great." Oh, it's my fucking Epic race. Games has to pay something like. $530 million because of like underage, you know, predatory fucking DLC bullshit. Jesus. Well, yeah, but so what? They made something like $8.5 billion. billion? Yeah. Drop this is bucket. nothing. Anytime yeah. any of these fuckers gets in trouble, it's like a drop in the bucket of the gains that they made. It's not, yeah. there's no consequence. Like, yeah. Well, a, a fine is really only like a law if you're poor. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's they're not going to. We know who the enemy is. Like it's all corporate logos. It's Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk and all the shit. And we hear them in the news constantly. Like we already know who they are. It would be so much easier if we could identify these people by you know like whether or not they're aliens. If we could just put on. I mean, then that's kind of the metaphor too. They look like us. They all look like us. 
it, it doesn't matter what right. color their skin is. I mean, it's usually mostly just white people, but like it. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. like, look, they're not going to all be dumb enough to blow forty four billion dollars on a yeah. social network. <laughs> no, that's a special yeah. case. That's something so that they, yeah. they can straight up just show you how shitty they are like yeah yeah on the biggest stage imaginable and like yeah i it's you know it, they're boring is the problem <laughs> yeah it's not glamorous. and they desperately not, don't yeah. want to be they yeah. desperately don't want to be boring right the, but they think that they can the problem is you don't need glasses well, no 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 the smart ones <laughs> the smart ones do because you don't know their fucking names yeah yeah, you that's know, true. like if if these if if they're like narcissists and shit, if they're fucking like ego hounds or fevered egos, as I believe what Bill Hicks called them, mm-hmm. like if they're all running around screaming and shouting and being like blah blah blah, and making a target out of themselves, what good's it doing? Yeah, I mean, all yeah, of us. Let's really let's let's, let's say something. No, let's say something positive about Elon Musk. Okay, so here's a few things positive about Elon Musk. One is he's cured me of imposter syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I'm immune. Um, let's see what else. Uh, he he's proven beyond the shadow of a doubt that being the richest man in the world doesn't make you happy. <laughs> like, yeah. aside from all the asinine shit he's doing, it's he's clearly not happy. He's he's yeah. still like the most divorced person. He was born divorced. Like it's just <laughs> he's so it's it's a sad display. I wish he was actually able to he put his energy so towards something useful. He is but... so desperately wants you to like him. <laughs> and he doesn't understand that that's not how the dynamic works like coolness has nothing it, it's like you know all right so like sometimes you want to perform you, put, you, you get on stage and tell a story you know you, you dj you play an instrument you podcast like, you podcast right you get you get some sort of platform you get up there you make some noise and hopefully the people are happy with it you don't have to like beat it over someone's head look at what i'm doing you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like he's doing the way he's just constantly just showing his ass like every six to eight hours if it's performative then that that's that's the root of the issue right there it shouldn't be performative yeah yeah at all like be decent like we shall know you by your deeds dipshit (laughs) 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 to paraphrase um yeah, he's yeah, definitely was... not part of the cabal, yeah. or uh, the Illuminati, or whatever <laughs> bullshit. Even though I'm sure a lot of weird anti semites believe he is. No, uh, he's just part of that ultra rich club that like you'll never see or know. Oh uh, yeah. Well, it's like what's the name of that guy who had that journalist killed for releasing the Panama Papers? Oh what's God, that? yeah, fuck. Yeah, you don't know about that. You don't know. No. You don't know his name. Yeah. No, I forgot that. I, I, it's it's see that's the thing we forget that <laughs> happened. Yeah. What a, to borrow a term from elsewhere, it's, it's, it's this is the Omni crisis. You know what I mean? We're, yeah. We have a, what they're calling a triple demic hitting on this date. If you're listening to this in some uh, for on future, and this hard drive still works, <laughs> it, yeah, there's something called a triple demic going on right now in a winter storm that's supposed to absolutely cripple the middle of the country. Um, awesome, but it's also good. it's supposed to freeze the fuck out of Florida, and I'm mm-hmm. okay with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hey, yeah. look! I like mm-hmm. cold weather. It kills the bugs. That's what I'm I'm here for because yeah. they outnumber us to such a degree that I can wholesale hate them and not feel bad about it. <laughs> so back geese, to the, back to the movie. Yeah, he's got movie. it coming. Geese. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Yeah, so, you're an anti-geese podcast. Not Frank and Nana, anyway, like start start shooting up the uh, the the TV station, TV um, center, the control tower. Yeah, they find yeah. out from the drifter that the the signal is being broadcast on the roof of the building. Which, what building? What which building are you in exactly? But so again, sure, adding to one. the to the to the uh, dreamlike nature. Of They've this. clearly got some kind of interdimensional oh. travel hallway that connects any building to any other building. But yeah, it we looks like it's it a as a physical, concrete mm-hmm. you know structure. But it's with floors and steps yeah. and an elevator. Sure. Anyhow, Anyhow. I wave of the hand. Yeah. Yes. Right. <laughs> um, They're shooting up the place. Fucking security guards are coming around every corner like it's a video game. It's incredible. It's uh, exactly like a video game. It's yeah. it's and amazing. Let's talk about Rowdy Roddy Piper putting his like bracing hand on top of the like the muzzle base or the barrel basically of the oh, M16. Let's not talk about any gun that he shoots in this movie because it's terrible with all of them. Well, yes. I, in that moment, all I could think of is that gun must have been kicking up the whole time, and now he's just <laughs> like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it this way." Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, no, it just they just zoom in on the muzzle, and then like the, these security guards drop. Like that just keeps happening. Over and over. Run through a, a an office, and it's it's fun because like <laughs> there's a woman who's like trying to call security, and he just like politely. Uh, makes her hangs up the phone for her and he's like where's the the roof access and she just tells him and he's like thank you he's so polite and it's so funny he's so nice to every human being and this hallway video game massacre scene is also where they reunite with holly again she's just kind of wandering like oh i guess my office is on this floor it's that's so funny you guys are shooting it up towards the gunshots yeah man she's like She's real. Oh, man. I, so they triple up in like every trope, every movie that uh-huh. you've ever seen before. You think the three of them are going to run to the ceiling and or the roof and save the day. <sighs> yeah. Nope. Yeah. And this I is the, the first so part much. of the movie where I was like really sad because they, they just kind of yeah. murk Frank's character here. He's like looking yeah. in a different every, direction. Holly pulls out a little uh, pistol and she murks him. Yeah. It's so sudden. They don't it's show so it. Quick. They like cut. Yeah. But it's so quick and it's so like. It takes you a minute. Shocking. Realize, mm-hmm. Yeah. Where yeah. you're like, wait, fuck, Frank's down? Yeah. You're like, I, yeah, I, I can buy that Holly's a bitch, but what? Fucking Frank's yeah. shot him in yeah. the head. Yeah, a wife and kids. Like, he's the, the best. Yeah, like, just he's right. He's my favorite character. What the fuck you doing? Yeah. Well, Stop it, it, putting on the glasses. <laughs> I mean, if he it, didn't, it, he wouldn't have been there. Yeah. It, Damn it's, it, Rowdy. It's a fucking casualty, man. It's it It sucks. It's shocking. I did... Most most of the time, I would have really hated this type of death. But considering everything that happened so quickly after, yeah. I felt oh. that it just added to the to the how sad it fucking is. How the shock value of like yeah. how casually she just walks like right up to him, right into the temple. Didn't he didn't even know what happened. No, yeah. and then you think about it, and then you go, "Wait, this is a John Carpenter movie." Yeah, I'm surprised it's only this bad. <laughs> yeah, it was just a shock. It was a big shock. Not that it would not that that she was bad and that she'd kill him, but just the way it happened. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Yeah, because you can kind of see this happen. You can kind of like you know something's up. You don't know what. You're like, yeah, she's probably going to turn out to be nasty here. Yeah, yeah. But like the coldness of it is like, whoa. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So she has totally been aware of everything this entire. Yeah. Time. Now, now it confirms yeah, it for the right. viewer. Yes, she is entirely. You know, in the pocket, yeah. honey pot. Yeah. And so not as on the roof. Yeah. 
not as down to this, this is a little... whirlwind. Yeah, this happens so quickly. Credits. Like, yes, this is a whirlwind of shit and tits at the end. But it... <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, I don't know. So, it's so. Ridiculous. So she's confronted him. She's like, you know, drop your gun. A helicopter comes. It's whirling around the roof, and he drops like his big gun. He drops a Desert Eagle, but he's secretly got like a little Beretta twenty-five in his sleeve that he pulls out, blows Holly away unceremoniously, and then turns around and starts what shooting the the transmitter. It's like this transmitter. Like, yeah, some vacuum tube. It's like a like, vacuum tube it looks like right. a long vacuum tube is what it yeah because there's like yeah. a it's got like a filament in the middle yeah like, it's pretty rad looking i'm not gonna lie um it's, it's great yeah. Yeah. yeah but like there's this police chopper with like a marksman on there so it's like pretty obvious what's gonna happen yeah right if he does the thing and he did the thing and he just gets you know strafed yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they put a bunch of holes in him and he's laying yeah. out his back and it's over but he's looking at him and he gives him the finger <laughs> it's pretty great it's but kind of like they it. win kind of he kills the signal the yeah. world uh the world is revealed for what it truly is yeah. and seeing the fucking ghouls in color you yeah. realize they're not like black they're like bruisey purple and blue yeah. they're really yeah. cool looking like yeah. it's like really neat yeah. they're cool looking the but they're they, worse. yeah the way they reveal it is so fucking funny like yeah like the ladies oh, getting man. their hair done yeah. isn't that one of them and then yeah. there's like then there's like oh, uh, there's a the, little the, the, uh, self girl on top. <laughs> the what? They're they're in the bar and there's this guy on a talk show and he's like, I'm so sick of the sex and the violence in the movies. Yes, it's gotta stop. Yes. Directors like he's, Romero and John. Romero Carter. and John Carpenter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. That was great. <laughs> oh my god! And everyone's looking at the, on the wall. It's like no original thought. <laughs> Yeah, and we're seeing oh, yeah. all the signs revert back. You're seeing all the print text everywhere instead of the ads. Like it's, oh, yeah, it's a really nice wrap up. Like the newscasters, you know, they don't have skin. Yeah. And the ending, this poor lady is. So you got the guy in the TV, and he's talking about, and you could, and but now they could see what it truly is. And this, this lady, she's nude, she's having sex, but she's seeing <laughs> the thing, and she's looking at the TV, and she's like, "What the fuck?" And then she looks down, like and the dude she's commercial. copulating with is an alien. And it's, it's such a weird what fucking baby. <laughs> yeah. Also, cut the credits. Also it's played so... by Jeff Amata. Yep. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, it's yeah. such a. It was such a weird scene to end this film on. I was not yeah. expecting like up oh, tits. And I'm it's like, like was, yeah, basically, it was. It was literally that. It was oh, so man. strange, and I'm like, very right. lighthearted for the for the roller coaster they just took us on with uh, Frank yeah. getting killed. And yeah. Then our hero oh, dying but succeeding in his mission, and then they just kind of like, like total whiplash. All the really way is with the, last, the ending. Like, 20, so twenty five minutes. Uh-huh. It's like what the fuck? What the yeah. fuck? But that's the joy of it. Like, see, the thing is, is when it's over, it starts putting itself together in your brain. And it did that for everybody that saw that back in the day. Like, we we loved it. Like, we, all of us, all of us. There isn't a one of, I don't know anybody that doesn't like this fucking movie. Mm -hmm. Because it's just so earnest. And it's also not lying to you. This is what Mm -hmm. John Carpenter means. It's all right here. There's not a lot to interpret, frankly. Not a lot of subtext. No, no. They're just like there might be a couple of things that I even I think that whole idea of like race versus class that I was talking about a little bit ago might just kind of be my conjecture. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he intended that. I just think he was a real big fan of Keith David because Keith David did the fucking thing, you know? Yeah. And Keith yeah, David, he said he basically David wrote the part for Keith David and yeah. after he wrote it, he sent it to Keith David, asked him asked him, Hey, does this part sound like 
not cliche, aka not too urban, you know. Yeah, yeah, and Keith yeah. David really liked the part; he did like it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you great. know, he's great. Oh, he's he's a legend. Like it's, like it's funny too. Like what he's. Yeah, honestly, yeah. And then he just showed up. Just, just man, he is a very pretty man in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Got that right. <laughs> well, they they were talking too about like in the fighting. Uh, they were they were like, well, okay, so Piper's a wrestler, and then you know David's got a boxing background when they were choreographing the fight and stuff like that david would get real tight guarded you know like mm-hmm. he'd bring himself you know, narrow target in the whole night yards and he, he he told him he's like no we need you to like we're trying to make this like a back alley brawl mm-hmm. and so we need you to like widen out you know still you do all your stuff but like bigger roundhouse swings like we wouldn't we need to be like visual and stuff and like they did that man hmm. like, yeah you rarely see like just a street fight go on for that long in a film oh no no one knows how long it took for them to train because listening to all these interviews with people i heard a month i heard two weeks i heard yeah it fucked them up they don't remember (laughs) (laughs) it took them three days to film it it took them two weeks to film it like it fucked them up like Uh, i think these guys banged heads a few times too many knees to the dick (laughs) five in a row um but yeah no like jeez like so much of this stuff let's see we, you know, we covered a ton of the themes we talked about. Well, and then like so, hearing them talk about the release too, you know, they were like, it, it was, it was number one for like two weeks. And then it just kind of like dropped off the charts and everyone yeah. was like, we must have pissed somebody off. Let's, with this let's, story let's talk about, let's talk about that. Yeah. Cause I have a little bit about the co-opting of this film in a little bit greater detail. Yeah. So I found a wonderful little, hold on, let me pull it up on my cyberpunk computer. <laughs> uh, well, you know, got the cyberpunk notebook. I got the cyberpunk computer. Sure, sure. I got mm-hmm. the T-shirt. Buy, consume. Uh, so, <laughs> it's a, a 2017 article from Wired. Bigots are trying to ruin. They live because, of course, they are. Yes. <laughs> Is that the title? Yes. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It, it came about because, like, John Carpenter tweeted back when you know Twitter was a thing uh, in 2017. <laughs> uh, quote. They Live is about yuppies and understrained capitalism. It has nothing to do with Jewish control of the world, which is slander and a lie. Yep. Well, there it is. And he's been talking about this, you know, quite a few times because this is a film that's been co-opted by specifically Nazis. And he's not shied away from being vocal about this. And I love about that. It's been the most memed uh, by them and their fucking groups. (laughs) And it's just an anti-yuppie movie. Anti-yuppie movie. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's there's not like I said, it's there's a through line in this yeah. film. All they do is take one, like we were saying before, they take they take a word and then replace it with another word. In this case, Jew, and it, that's the alien. So mm-hmm. it, some of the evidence, quote unquote, evidence that they use, and again, this is same. This is it, this is diabolical conspiracy thought because oh, they're yeah. they're fucked. Is one of the, here are the reasons. Uh, they they note a Carpenter's admiration for a known anti-Semite H.P. Lovecraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because you know the thing is a very Lovecraftian movie. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, the film's yeah. quick disappearance at the box office, mm-hmm. proof of some sort of higher power cabal meddling, I yeah, suppose. Okay. Well, it's weird too because it was like number one for two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Didn't it, doesn't like, it, had, it had a three million dollar budget and made like fourteen. It did great for yeah. a small budget film. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, said, part of the. Well, wasn't it pushed back? Wasn't the release date pushed back past election day? Yeah, due so to the election. On. I was just going to yeah. mention that. They um, 
they had it ready to release. They wanted to get it like right before um, Halloween, October 31st to get that, you know, the, the Halloween movie crowd, but they pushed it back, they pushed it back. They didn't want to release it before the election because they would make Republicans look bad. And that was the, that was the Bush <laughs> senior Dukakis God election forbid. in 88. Yeah. That, well, that's, that is bad. your, <laughs> that's your boogeyman right there. Just saying. Yeah. yeah. No, totally. Uh, uh, one of the other things they, they cite as quote unquote proof is a tweet from 2013 from Piper saying they live was a documentary, which they interpreted as admission quote unquote of the film's secret purpose, especially with Piper dying two years later. Oh, you know what this is? It's that predictive programming shit that those fucking dipshits always like. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like there's a movie coincidence and then they're just like, see, this movie said this was going to. No, it didn't. Well, it's like it said 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 a bunch of other shit, too. Yeah. It's the same thing. Like you said, Zero, about like, you know, they're just like fucking citing their reasons for doing the fucked up thing by like, you know, citing classics that aren't real. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just, yeah. But yeah, that's their shadow. It's like Zeus did. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So that's their shadow, their shallow proof. Uh, They still fucking co op the shit to this day. Maybe a little less so now. Uh, it, yeah, it, they're busy doing Nordic shit now. Yeah, well, it's they're just, not the it, only one. Oh, go ahead. It's not. It, it's it's a little sad the way it it can be co-opted, the way it can be used. But it's the same thing, you know. They do with the the red pill metaphor. Um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, they'll do it with anything that serves to, to 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 serves them as a shorthand. You know. Yes. Well, right. they don't. They don't see the thing, right? And like when it comes to the Matrix, a movie that is so obviously a, tra- a movie about being trans in like the entire thing. Well, like and... that, let's let's yes, but let's pump the brakes on that. Okay. Because when say my brother and I saw it opening night on Acid, we weren't exactly leaving that movie being like, oh, this is an allegory for a trans. No one did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no one mean, was saying that on yeah, It's really not on two hits of Acid. We saw a kick-ass like action movie that was going to change cinema for the rest of cinema. I would argue like, that it, the Matrix isn't about isn't about the trans journey. It's just about dysphoria in general. Well, I mean, Not I, don't, I don't know. Dysphoria, but like, you know, I don't want to drill down on that necessarily because yeah. the point of it is, once you make a piece of art and you publish it, it's no longer yours. Yeah. Now you can come back and be like, no, this isn't what that meant. Yeah, this is what it meant. When it's like somebody's yeah. so fucking off base and stuff like that, it's just I don't know. I don't know. I guess the Matrix would be a bad example because I too was like pretty enamored with you know the violence in that movie. But with yeah. this, I got. Well, some, I mean, everything. It was like it was a, a very... brilliant piece of world building. It, like it, it's yeah. just a, it's a fantastic fucking movie. And then yeah. upon repeated viewings, and then seeing where the series went, and then just everything else that happened in the world. Yeah, we were able to put it all together. But would yeah. they live like? The violence is horrifying to me. It actually <laughs> kind of is. Yeah. You know, I mean, and I know these shitheads are, are watching it and we're like, fuck yeah. And I'm like, I can't relate at all. Yeah. Like, the violence is not glory. I mean, maybe at the time, I don't know. It's pretty over the top. Like, it's yeah. very deadpan. Well, again, and it's that's... not met with like instrumental string mm-hmm. orchestra. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's very, very yeah. flat. Which is good. Like this, that's yeah. the point. The point is, this should be shocking. This shouldn't be. The problem is, there's, there's that moment yeah. in the movie, like I said, where he just makes that choice that, like, violence is how this is going to be solved, and he just goes down that path. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. I'm a man. And, you know, that's what these. He's like, yeah, he's like, let's get Chekhov right the fuck out of the way. <laughs> that's, just, that's what these. Uh, that's what these Pizzagate commandos see, and like, you know, yep. when they put on the glasses, they're not 
they're not seeing the musks yeah. and the Koch brothers yeah. and these other people that are pulling the strings. Yeah, right. it's just when uh, they put on the glasses, it's, it's just it's, it's Wayfair. It's fucking. Uh, they're putting on <laughs> Sorry, augmented I'm reality glasses. Out of date That's what they're conspiracies. doing. I feel. Yeah, like, yeah. I feel like they would be the ones to willingly put on the explosive collars to protect their 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 feudal overlords in the post-apocalyptic future we're going <laughs> oh, yeah. to. And yeah. they're like, well, of course we'll make. They'll call them glory these- collars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wet now. Yeah. Yeah. Safe. Why wouldn't you wear that? Where? Why wouldn't you wear the explosive collar? I mean, you laugh, man. When you get that double soap and water ration, uh-huh. you're thinking about wearing the collar yourself too. I'm yeah. telling you, I'll be busy eating their corpse anyway. <laughs> Please uh, post on social media your entire gun collection as well as your address. Thank you. Um, <laughs> It'll make my job at the agency a lot easier. Thanks. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so they live right. So it, what what has happened? It has permeated society. It has uh, been used in ads. In fact, there's That's, a certain yep. fella named Shepard Ferry that did the Obama Hope poster. Mm. One of his earlier works was Andre oh, Zarmi. Hey. Obey. The yep. very first thing you see. Andre the Giant has a posse. Yep. Yeah, that's actually referenced in the Wired article of how Nazis aren't the only ones who has co-opted this film. Quite a no. lot. This is no. re- no. Tons know. of people. Oh, yeah. Tons of people. Industrial yeah. bands. There's so sure many samples it... that have been ripped from this fucking movie. I, I don't, again, I, I'm not sure if it's... Thing where, you know, There's... at one time the conspiracy theory uh, world was a little harder to get into. The occult film world wasn't as out there, but... Yeah. In that kind of late '90s, early 2000s period, there was a lot of yeah. people that were looking back to this type of media and putting it out there. And Shepard Ferry, with his yeah. Obey, was definitely one of those dudes. Uh, there were a lot sure. of clothing bands, that, clothing well, bland, you know, brands, the X Files, and movies. I'm sure like that the X Files really kind of made uh, conspiracy theories blow up a bit. Also, also, yeah. yes. Um, God, what else? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that there what was like also yeah. a. Uh, uh, this is this is a half remembered memory. I don't. I, I tried to look into it, but I'm fairly certain. And if any of our listeners know what I'm talking about, please like hit me up on the Discord. You know, let me let me know what this is. Um, but I remember seeing something as a child that was like a children's anthology, like horror anthology show, like Goosebumps or Tales of the Crypt or something. Um, mm-hmm. That was pretty much a blatant ripoff of They Live guy gets glasses and he can see that there are monsters living among us so i think that was outer limits or twilight zone I think black that and white was the outer limits yeah yeah okay. it was black and white right no I, I i'm fairly certain it was in color but okay. it was okay. also it was in color might have been the outer limits yeah or it could have been amazing stories quite young at the time so i there were a few i remember yeah i just there remember were a handful that of those that were really good i just remember it aired on the wb back when they had children's cartoons and sure. also when it was called the WB, so because <laughs> yeah. I didn't God. have cable, we're showing our rage. Yeah. Back when that network that no longer exists existed, yeah. it existed after for some reason. Anyway, whatever. Uh, yeah. So, God, what else? What else are we? What have we forgotten? Like, oh. I mean, I look like here. Let's just do the. I think the, just b- bottom line that the the aliens are not Jews, and the signal is not the internet. Yes, right. and you know, sadly, the calls come from inside the house. We are the horrible aliens that yeah. that exploit ourselves. Yeah, it, it, I, yeah. It, the movies really is like a, in a way, a feel good fantasy because, like we said before, it 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 we, you kind of wish it was this because this is easy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you just yeah, got to put shades so on and go to the bank with a shoddy. Yeah. I mean, shit. Yeah. It's not as so we, easy as to, I've, to see who's for or against you in real life. Sometimes. Yeah. But we've time. seen, I've said, yeah, but we've said this before. It's like violence is the easy answer to a lot of things. It's yeah. not the, it's not the proper one or like yeah. the hard, the solutions are often a lot harder. Yeah. And it's it, the mutual aid. And, yeah. And this solution, it would be, be born an alien. Yeah. <laughs> like literally it's the same situation be born to wealth like you yep. i mean basically you know I mean? yeah or what or is that agree term? to screw over your fellow man right yeah yeah you guys yeah. don't do you boys out. want to taste that sweet life too mm-hmm. that's right sell the fuck out you just, know just be the mutual aid people at the camp yeah. so yeah to our alien overlords that are listening to this if you're interested in finding some humans who will spread your message we have social medias <laughs> Yes, and those <laughs> social medias are Not all over for this world. Place. Yeah, yeah, no. We, yeah, look. Hey, we're still on Twitter uh, for now. We may no longer be suddenly with no announcement. <laughs> yes, I'm. I've been kind of hinting at this. Um, so like, I'm not going to put the Discord on there just for fear of like weird people got like chuds getting on there. But like, right. they will probably it, shut you, you know. down for promoting another platform. Yeah, <laughs> multiple <laughs> platforms. Uh, tisk, tisk. Yeah. So just like seek it out. It's not hard. No, L, yeah, neondystopia.com is yes. a thing. Patreon, uh, we got one of those with like if you just go to Patreon, type in Neon Dystopia. We're there. Give us yes. a buck if you can. Don't worry about it if you can't. Enjoy the content. There's no paywall. And uh, L0WL1F3 will lead you to all things podcast. Um, we're getting close to switching the fucking pod or the website over so like you know bear with us we're, it's under construction uh, the holidays are rough um let's see this is the penultimate episode this year yeah <gasps> uh so get those q's and a's uh we're gonna take a look at them probably until the tuesday before we record the yes. q and a yes. so yeah think yeah. of some fun easy like questions if you get too Wait, deep and philosophical say, we're, not, we're gonna clown on you are I'll we, throw you guys are a softball. we not, uh uh plugging the discord yeah. in this episode oh we're not plugging it but if you're in the discord you know just yeah. keep them q a's going and um, if you would like to be in the discord you know you, seeking so you, out is not if difficult. you're a hacker you can find it um <laughs> or you know check the the you know back matter on every episode yeah and uh yeah. whatever there's uh there's it's just stuff like just yeah. stick around we yeah. got more coming yeah. it's gonna oh, be yeah. fun and if we get taken and... off social media we'll figure something out yeah, no, these this these digits and numbers and letters will uh, always remain. Um, Zero, where, where, where are you at? Do you want to promote anything? Tell people where you're at. And oh, my goodness, make no. yourself a target. Okay, good, good, good. All right. <laughs> Thank you, though. Uh, I would love to, but I just I don't want to do that. Uh, right on. Uh, shit, thank Bye. for listening. Consume. Yeah, okay. I guess this is the awkward ending.